The Debatable Podcast is available on Tumblr. That's debatablepodcast.tumblr.com and also on iTunes. Uh, I am Mr. Greggles, M-I-S-T-E-R. G-R-E-G-G-L-E-S, and our show is Debatable Pod, both of those on Twitter. You do know how to spell debatable, don't you? I hope at this point you do. Hey listeners, Debatable is now available for streaming and download on actionagogo.com. Derek Scarzella and Troy Jeffrey Allen, once and future Debatable podcast guests, along with a slew of great writers, have made actionagogo.com one of the best online destinations for pop culture journalism and news coverage. Films, comics, games, if you need your geek fix, AAGG is the place to go. Nowhere else can you find their unique flavor of writing and commentary about the entertainment world you care about. Debatable's media-centric episodes will have a second home there now, and I hope you will go over there and check out the site, uh, stream and download the episodes, and certainly read all the great articles that they have up. That's actionagogo.com, A-C-T-I-O-N-A. A-G-O-G-O.com, actionagogo.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Debatable Podcast. Today on the show, it's a very special episode, our second anniversary. Uh, we've been going for two years. I can't hardly believe it myself. Two of my good friends, uh, Dan Tyag and Fernando Madrigal, both of which have been on the show before, um, join me to to talk about the uh, the origins of this podcast uh, and how we've gotten to this point. Um, it's a very uh, good talk of uh, reminiscing and, and, and our memories about how it uh, came together and certainly their involvement. Uh, some of their favorite episodes and some of the episodes that we kind of uh, are, are a little bit critical of. We we have a nice talk about that. We also talk about uh, the Clone Wars, Star Wars, and hating on fanboys. We talk about uh, movie pass and summer movies and X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, and we uh, finish it off by talking about uh, Game of Thrones, uh, the misogyny and kind of the, the problem uh, a lot of viewers have about uh, not having equal rights when it comes to the new nudity in the show. Maybe a little bit of homophobia. And then we end with what's going to become a standard segment, uh, our recommendations. We each recommend a, a piece of media. I believe Dan and Fernando recommended uh, music albums, and I recommend a long sought-after movie. So that's today on the Debatable Podcast. Enjoy. The Rhymes exclusive with Johnny. Each and every day we gon' come around your way and do it our way. Word up. Let me shoot that gift that make your cake creamy, uh. Feel 
the heat what? circulating through your body every time the flip mode clicks. Step inside the, the party where this vibe. And then they'll then they'll display like these nice suit and uh, these nice uh, shirt and tie combinations for you, and you're like, and they'll display six. So you're you like, I really gotta nice. at least get one of these. They like they put work into this, and then they bring the pretty girl over. They brought the pretty girl over, didn't they? Of course they did. And then you're like, oh, I can't say no to her. Every yeah. single men's warehouse has a pretty girl yeah, that, that kind of seals, yeah. seals the deal. And it doesn't have to be pretty, just a woman. Right. Like right. the, the right. guy yeah. will sell you the thing, but then they'll bring in the woman like this. Looks, this yeah, like, looks really nice. Right. It's like mid-July, they're talking yeah. about overcoats. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't, yeah. they didn't get that far with me, but yeah. They could they could see I was a soft yeah, yeah. target. No, so, so Dan's a little sick today. Yeah. Uh, we had to reschedule this, but, uh, you know, you feeling a little better than you did I'm, on Friday? I'm feeling a lot better. I mean, I went into work yesterday. That uh, probably wasn't a great idea. probably infected everything at work, but... Right. Uh, yeah, that stuck my head in. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. Fernando's probably infected. <laughs> Into the infected. hot box that is yeah. his virus. Yeah. He, you yeah. were not wearing an outbreak suit yesterday, oh, so I, I fear that you may he have... He was the, wearing pajama pants. You may have now have the deadly Motaba virus. <laughs> Good reference. Yeah. I'm guessing that's from outbreak. I've never seen it. It is. No. So the, the frame of reference really is that you guys are on the podcast because you really have been here since kind of the beginning of it, and it's yeah. our second anniversary. Uh, Congratulations, man! Thanks, dude. Fuck I you! All right, twenty-nine episodes and out. That's that's the good. Fernando that's what the good pasta do. Fernando's just bitter because Print the Legend didn't go that far. No, he didn't go. 
76 Look, I, episodes. Or I, had, I said what I needed to say. Like, yeah. You got out. Yeah. That's why I'm on your podcast now. It's like a British TV show, man. You got in, yeah. you did your thing, you got out. Yeah. Fucking, exactly. Fucking Plus corporate exactly. sellout over is, here yeah. trying to this milk it for as much as possible. seven seasons in. Yeah. He, he yeah. knew he did. Two my, seasons my, six and I was artistic. Out. I said what I needed yeah. to say, and I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm good. You're, you're more like spaced, and Greg is more like the American office. Yes. I guess that would make you more like the British office. Does that mean I don't get to direct Atman now? It does. It does. That's as much uh, media coverage as uh, Fernando's bringing to this yeah. podcast. That's it. Yeah. So uh, the Spurs, they made it to the finals. Oh, God, that was that was impressive. Fernando was, old. Fernando was telling me before you got here that he, uh, in the past month, he's been getting ready for his move, and he's yeah. basically Ooh. been paying attention to, to Sports, soccer yeah. and, and NBA. So he uh, really hasn't. I like to call it football. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not in this country. Yeah. Uh, but uh, everything. Yeah, he hasn't been kind of like up on his media. He hasn't been yeah. watching recent movies. Movies. Moving sucks, man. I feel bad for you. Uh, it went pretty easy. I, we didn't have a bunch of. Uh, we didn't, really we're gonna talk about the move now. I sure. Can't believe this. Uh, yeah. we, we didn't have a bunch of furniture, so it was like oh. mostly clothes and small stuff. And then we bought, like we bought. Yeah, that's kind of how it was when I moved yeah. in here. We yeah. didn't have any furniture. Yeah, so I walked in here. Easy. I walked in here. I looked at the space. I was like, man, we have a lot of space. Fuck! I don't have anything to put in this space. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of Greg, when are you gonna unpack your boxes? Very, I'm, I'm looking over yeah, there. We're doing that. It's been here for like two or three years. Yeah. Now? yeah. You, we, you've been here as long as the podcast has been around. I know. I, I think. It's pretty slow. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we were going to talk about the. Um, I kind of wanted to just take a, a quick uh, travel back and talk about how the show came came together. Um, at the time that uh, this was uh, coming together, I think both. Fernando and I started talking. Do you remember how 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 it started with us? We had did we start listening to podcasts and we were saying, hey, you know, this would be a good um, avenue for our creativity. Yeah, I think we came up with it independently each. Like, as I know, I was thinking I was into a lot of uh, sort of Marin and uh, there was another podcast with these uh, these guys from It's the Real, like this hip hop sketch comedy, and this other guy. And then Marin, and then Nerdist, and I was like, "Oh man, I could do this." And I remember you telling me you were gonna do it with uh, another coworker of ours, but like we just came up with it independently of each other. And then we just we just started thinking about doing a podcast, and you were talking right. about you doing yours. I was talking about doing mine. Right. Yeah, we in right around the same time, so it was like I guess twenty twelve. It was. It, it, it had to be now. in since the first episode of this was in early June. Yeah, I'm guessing this had to be in April and May when we were talking right. about it. Um, maybe even even in January. I think because I, I know I stalled for, on it because I needed to buy a computer. Yeah, I know our for the company we work for our bonuses are like in in the early in spring. February, so sure. then I bought a computer. So yeah, I think we were talking about it even maybe okay. even back. December 2011, November okay. 2011. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I, you I, were talking about doing it with. Dustin? I always want to call him Justin, but du- you were thinking about doing one with Dustin, who used to no, work no, in no, that no, department. My, my, no, 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 my friend Joel. Joel! Joel, Joel yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I Joel and I were talking right about, we, we were doing a blog uh, and doing kind of a, a website for reviews, or at mm-hmm. least the seed, of the, the seed of the idea yeah. started as that, and then I started talking about this, but no, he never got on board with it. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, WTF with Mark Maron was probably the... the um, the center point, the origin for this, because yeah. I, I, his show just did 500 episodes. I mean, right. they just hit their 500 episode. But I mean, at the time that it was coming in, he was <clears throat> one of the most established shows, and I liked that personality. And really, what I um, used as the as the mold for this show was kind of Marin's conversation 
with with guests. Right. I like the one on one. You know, I don't right. usually have um, more than one guest on. Sometimes we do a few guests, but for the most part, I like breaking the, the mold. Breaking break, the mold. Two right here. But, uh, yeah, no, we usually like to do one-on-one -on -one conversation. And that's what I really liked about it, and I thought more and more that's kind of what I wanted to do. So it was uh, the show, you know, it, for people who've listened, this is nothing new. But for new listeners or newer listeners, it's basically uh, something that hasn't changed much even from the beginning. We kind of, right. like, started as... We wanted it to be about conversation. We wanted to talk about people's obsessions and passions, when especially how they relate to media. Yeah. And uh, for the most part, I think that's been kind of our mission statement. Dan, you know, uh, I, I think that I asked you and, and Fernando to mm -hmm. be involved with the show early on. What, what did you... Um, did you have any, like, uh, frame of reference with uh, with podcasts? Um, not really. I mean, you know, we'd filmed a lot of stuff together in college, and right. obviously we're good friends. And, you know, I, I don't think I'd ever really done anything podcasty before. We did, like, commentaries and fun stuff like that for some of our, our movies back in the day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, the, I think me being on your podcast was the first time that I'd ever done anything like that. Uh -huh. You know, I think it went pretty well. I was thinking about that episode the other day, um, you know, where we just kind of uh, dissected the Bowman trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, like, that was just a fun experience, and Fernando's shaking his head, because he has no appreciation for the Bowman trilogy. He, he hates all yeah. bad filmmakers, actually. Uh, so Bowman, I... I th th yeah. It's not at his town, yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm not omniscient. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff, man. So. Uh, good? It's, it's always great. It's great. It's it's good with quotation marks, yeah. but it's definitely like entertaining. Uh, you know, just uh, off the top of your head, I, I know that you guys have listened, uh, you know, to to several of the shows over the arc of the of the of the existence of the show. Oh, I have three <laughs> only I have. episodes. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have any fond memories, fond uh, episodes that you really enjoyed listening to? I mean, I wouldn't call them fond. <laughs> uh, no, uh, the one episode I remember because like video games are such an uh, are still sort of new a new media and sort of bastardized and don't get talked critically was the one we talk about Spec Ops Online. Yeah, yeah, with, with, with Brendan Keough. Yeah, with Brendan Keough. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that was just a really interesting conversation, sort of dissecting it, like dissecting that video game, and it was, you know, it was also the thing about it being so sort of a second, third tier video game that he was right. he was breaking down, right. and having that that many ideas of it, sort of right. a, of the faceless enemy, about how it desensitizes you, and right. how that game sort of uh, questions the film, the 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 game player, right, with these sort of issues right. and, and and these issues of. Uh, uh, control and and what how much control you have in this interactive game, which uh, I've really found that conversation interesting. Just because and you don't you don't, I haven't seen that much um, discussion about those sorts of issues in video games. Right. Yeah, I feel like that's an underrated uh, game just because it it kind of came out under the radar and mm -hmm. it's it's really one of those games that you can pick apart in a very like it has it has themes it has mm -hmm. points that it's trying to make about uh, not only uh, action, but kind of um, the the pleasure you take in violence. Right. So yeah, that that's interesting considering one of the most popular genres of video game are first person shooters. Right. And that's not a first person shooter, but it's a very violent video game. It's like that. Really kind of undersold as a video game because if you look Definitely, at it, yeah. if you take it at face value, it's just a generic sort of military shooter. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember seeing any commercials for it at all. Really. Not a lot. Not mm -hmm. a lot. You know, and, I didn't hear about it until that podcast. Yeah. 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 Any ones that I've seen just kind of sell it as kind of a Call of Duty. 
sort of rip did, off, but yeah, know. when it came out, I remember it getting a lot of uh, uh, flack for being a kind of you know how these games that come out that are mm-hmm. like GTA, like Saints Row, gets all early on it got all this flack for being right. a GTA clone. A lot of them get that flack for being, for, I think that one being a, 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 a war uh, clone or yeah. Call of Duty clone or something like that. It's way way deeper than that. I mean, yeah. uh, but only until you get to like the second or third level, mm-hmm. you know, then you can kind of see where it's going. And it goes down this apocalypse now kind of heart yeah. of darkness kind of way and yeah that's that's one great episode i really enjoyed what about you dan did you have uh, you know one that kind of stands out for me is uh one i listened to recently was the the missy stone episode because uh-huh. i yeah, that really, was, that yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, really yeah really let me let me explain why because you um, enjoy her work uh-huh. well yes of course but uh also because it's one of the first episodes that i listened to with uh with of, Greg, the, sh- of the show of the show <laughs> period yeah. no oh what one of the first ones I listened to where Greg was not interviewing, you know, one of our friends. Okay. Uh, and yeah. and it was just like, oh, here's here's Greg. That's like, even better. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Greg, oh yeah. A <laughs> random guy. So I want to listen to that. Oh, Misty Stone. <laughs> Download. I'm just thinking, okay, hey, Greg has some interview chops here. He's got oh, he's nice. got some good yeah. chemistry with the guest. I mean, it's not somebody that he knows that he's right. like oh, right yeah. off the. He bat. knows her. <laughs> well, <Intimately>. not, <laughs> not on a one on one. Well. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a one on five. No, that was actually that. That too was a good interview. I, I I think that part of the things that I really like about the the show is when I'm able to talk to you guys, talk to my friends and, and people that I have good chemistry with to talk about things with and go deep with. But like, yeah, part of the other Did side. Did you go of, deep with Missy Stone? <laughs> part of the other side of the no. Sh- Can I ignore that? No, I'm not going to let you ignore that. Part of the other side of the show <laughs> is interviewing people who are in media industries, so like mm-hmm. writers and. And I've had uh, people on that that uh, not only uh, di- work in the movie industry, but they're novelists and stuff like that. So it was interesting to me that I I came up with the idea that uh, I remember when we were at Towson. One of the things being thrown around is doing a genre theory class on pornography. Oh, really? And it never yeah. really came. Of course, it didn't come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Greg Fowler was talking about that was one of the things that people kept talking about. And uh, honestly, nowadays it's kind of like, oh, that's that's fine. But you can imagine 2004 yeah. to 2005. Yeah. That was a little more of a touchy subject. I, mean, I still think it would be. Yeah, I, I Just, it's an academic setting. I so think you really like, have to justify it. Like, what could you pick apart in terms there's of... A, there's a lot. There's I mean, a lot me and Greg, of socio-political. Yeah. There is a... I think me and Greg one gender. time sat down and said, like, what if we... Well, we came up with the title for our paper. Yeah. Like, if we wrote a paper. But it's just like... It's just like if you watch 8 million action movies, you start mm. picking up on things. You right. watch 8 million porn, it's like, all right, the guy right. walks in. Like, right. just all that stuff. And yeah. surprisingly enough, if people were the production to... techniques, too. Like, right. just sort of like uh, uh, the different levels of it. Like, whether... But it's still... So I, I remember you talking about a, a specific porn site that they used the they used a light on the yeah, camera that yeah. was round to yeah, like yeah. you would see the things in their eyes and that mm-hmm. sort of like it was just started as a as a sort of 
that's uh, a for, for convenience maybe but then it, it does turn into a study because I've seen other sites do that and that be like it, yeah, oh yeah and it, it might just be purely on a this yeah. is the cheapest light type of thing for the yeah, most yeah. bang for the buck but then it does also bring you that aesthetic like right. it brings something to the mm-hmm. eyes of the it brings actresses. the irises yeah. out the other thing is that you start seeing <laughs> I'm telling you I'm telling you and the yeah. other thing is that you start seeing these same yeah. techniques funny enough yeah. uh, shooting uh, shooting <laughs> shooting scenes with uh, uh, fish eye lens yeah, wide yeah, angle yeah. lens like Bang for, Bros for, for does the booty, for, for the booty video yeah, yeah. yeah yeah exactly so you're accentuating so genitalia yeah. accentuating parts of bodies anyway my point being that it was something that's been on my mind since Towson days that they were gonna yeah. do a genre I've been, I've been I've been in your mind <laughs> since before and, that too and I thought it would be interesting to get not only someone who works in the industry that has a certain level of notoriety but also someone who is a woman and black I think that that is, mm-hmm. those two things and and she said it on the show you know she has a very specific experience that I don't think a lot have I mean you are going down a stereotypical path where often if you ask a a porn star how did you get started uh, it's got some dark past to it Mm -hmm. you know I'm surprised that she didn't have darker things to talk about maybe she does and she Mm -hmm. didn't talk about them but uh, you know I was disappointed you didn't play Kanye's Hell of a Life (laughs) as the intro music but uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's also. I think w- we might have some more uh, exploration of that in the future. I, I do want to get some, do research for those too. Get some more research. Get some more uh, porn stars on. I, I think it's an interesting. Uh, I think it's an interesting not genre, but uh, yeah, type of media that we don't really see academically explored. Whenever it's academically explored, it's always in kind of a cold, depressing fashion, right. too. Like, whenever but not I from s- a film point of view, either. It's, it's always, always a, a sociological so- point of view. Yeah, it's yeah. always a, 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 a gender or sociological point of view. And those people do a good job of picking it apart, but I feel like they also have a different motive. Yeah. They don't they don't approach it from a media sensibility. They right. approach it from look at how this is affecting the people that right. are in it or how, you know, where, where did these people come from? They come yeah. from broken homes. They come from definitely drug addiction. Um, do you guys have uh, episodes that you feel um, weren't as, as good or didn't keep your attention as much? Did you have any ones that you felt weren't your cup of tea i mean any any episode that i was in i usually kind of just not you never yeah, listen to those no nah, not a fan not a fan of myself no not but. one in particular just after a while i started i sort of stopped listening and, and like just because you get the rhythms of it i mean i do the same thing with marin do the same thing yeah. with nerds where you go in and out of it right but i can't think of one in particular where i was like no this is boring but no someone asked me recently like what my favorites were and and i i felt like my favorite episodes always happen to be with the you know it didn't always have to be with friends people that I had good chemistry with that I felt comfortable with but you know recently we did a uh, podcast with Tasha Robinson of the Dissolve and I think it's one of the best that we've done so far it's just we we had a didn't know her from Adam of course uh, other than her her work and admiring her work and she brought her personality and just she was yeah. completely engaged in the conversation did the you one have Keith Phipps too or I had Keith too yeah. and that that was uh, kind of the the um, the foot in the door to 
kind yeah. of getting in touch with Tasha. I think that those ones work really well when you can when you can hit it off when you can break the ice and you hit it off. The Mayor Smith episode, the double uh, episode that we have with Mayor Smith, who was a writer on Angel and Rome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, that's that's a from what I've heard from 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 fans of the show really like that. That's one of their their favorites, um, and I, I do too. I, I think that anyone that that feels like there's a good conversation and it goes other places. It's not just by the book here. My interview questions. Let's you know it, we yeah. often go off the page. Yeah. Well, you want to be conversational. Like, uh, you know? Yeah. I also like those. I mean, not that I've heard them. I haven't heard the Mara Smith one just because I haven't seen Buffy right yeah, now. Yeah, you don't. But want those stories. are always like just from a going on Tumblr and being like, oh, my friend got this person. It's very like yeah. it makes me proud of you that you're like, oh, like yeah, you stepped out and you really like we started this almost at the same time and you really take it and took yeah. it seriously and been like interviewed people whose writings we've admired. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that's interesting too, like, because because when I was doing my podcast, I'm like, writers are really like easier, or yeah. or you can get to to writers a lot easier and, and get them to talk and open up. And Absolutely. I was just like, yeah, that that was very. Every time I see that, I'm very just very, very proud of you. Like, oh, like he actually went after this and seriously um, went after because I I even remember when we first started, you had trepidations because you had never because when we were doing film. For a contrast, like I would always, I was a camera whore and I would always right. be in front of the camera, but you were very much like behind the camera, mm-hmm. not talent. So I remember when we started this, you were very trepidatious about people hearing your voice right. and, and being like out front of the thing. And, yeah, yeah. and you and you took in that and shattered it and then went on to have like the Mayor Smiths and Natasha Robinsons yeah, and Keith Fisher. That, man. I think that some of the episodes that I, I think didn't you know, succeed as much as I had hoped. Jordan Coulson? <laughs> no, oh, yeah. I love that one. No, uh, I think that uh, I think that if there are criticisms, it's as much on me, though, as it is on the guests. Like, for instance, I think that maybe one of our, our my least favorites is uh, the one that I did with Ryan Wiemeyer of uh, the Hats Productions. He did the Organ Trail. They did a a, um, I like that. I thought that one was you thought it was good. Yeah. It's a, they did a zombie, telling me a, a zombie version of of, uh, of the Oregon Trail yeah. games. I, I think that uh, I, I think that what I don't what I I think my memories yeah. kind of paint it as being uh, my least favorite, and not so much because of Ryan, but because of how neophyte and how uncomfortable I was yeah. with it. I remember our pre conversation before it, and it's also one of the reasons why the the thing is so short. Yeah. is that he was really giving me a lot of pressure about how much time he had. Yeah. And he was like, so how long is this going to take? And he was really making me self-conscious about how long it was going to take. And, you know, these conversations, like we've we've joked about to, to no end, is that they go on forever often. You know, they, they're very... they're. Uh, they're conversations. So some of them stretch an hour and a half, two hours. So like with him, I was really conscious of the time. He was putting the pressure on like that. Also, I don't blame him because, you know, Ryan didn't know me from Adam. So he doesn't know who this kid is. Who He knew that it was a new podcast. So he knew I was new to it. So maybe he uh, he didn't you know know what to expect. But when we got into it, he was like, "How long is this gonna take?" And he and and I was also kind of nervous, so I was trying mm-hmm. to like make him feel comfortable and break the ice. And I just don't think it, it came off actually. I mean, I, I bet if you went and listened yeah. to it again, it's probably not maybe. as bad as you think. It's yeah. scary to go back I to those when old I, ones though. Yeah, but I remember when I heard it, I wasn't like I think you remember telling me, and I'm just like, no, I think that's just you having that experience of like all the other stuff that went into it. But somebody right. hearing yeah. it blind, like he was an all right guest. Yeah, he was. 
he talked about his thing, and it, it right. wasn't any that much different. Uh, again, I don't, I don't, I don't put it all on him. I think most of my problem with that episode is my memory, is yeah. is mine. But uh, anyway, yeah. So I think that that's you know really kind of interesting to see where uh, the show came from, and I'm glad that you guys have been on the journey with me through this because you guys are you know really my best friends we came from uh towson together so we have a lot of of uh good memories there and it's we have a shorthand all of us when we get into it whether it's talking about <laughs> it looked pretty long to me but all right <laughs> whether it's talking about sequels and prequels with yeah. you and kind that was of a fun one yeah that, i love that episode and the ones that we did the vince bowman one the one that we did with uh with joe and the nice guys productions mm-hmm. just talking about stuff i i feel like i i have listened to those ones repeatedly the ones that i've done with you guys because that shorthand just makes me laugh this coming from the guy who gave me shit about listening to my own podcast Oh yeah, no, I I don't I don't every episode. Oh, for the, right. for the listener, Fernando Magical has no problem has no problem listening to his premiere I was, episodes. I was listening. I was watching that Tarantino press conference from Cannes, and somebody asked him, "Do you watch your own movies?" And he was like, "Yeah, all the time. Like, I'll just, <laughs> they'll just be on cable. And I'll start watching them." And I thought, "Yeah, see, Greg, like you, I, you make it for yourself. You listen to it." I I, I told Greg this, and he was like, "Fucking, was, what are you doing? Was, you just listen to your podcast." I was like, listening yeah. to a podcast recently. I forget forget what which one, but they were talking about. Uh, the smell of your own farts. Yeah. The smell of your own farts. Fine. You don't care about. I, However, <laughs> you do care about it, and actually, it changes the chemistry of your fart and its smell if someone is observing you. So if yeah, you do it and someone walks in, yeah. you immediately have. It's, so I think that's something that I am. I still think this smells. <laughs> it still smells great. Some of them you're like, oh, what is that? But some of them you're like, and you think you're taking the second sniff. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I, I do appreciate you guys being on, along on the journey. Is you there anything else you want to say? Huh? You know what you're pretty bad at? What am I really bad at? Transitions. Transition segues? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about summer movies. <laughs> <laughs> that was so natural. That was awesome. Um, I set it up. <laughs> See, you're good at segues as long as Fernando's here. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. I should have him just pop in. Yeah. You know what you're bad at? Segways. <laughs> just use that clip yeah, like every exactly. time. You know what you're bad at? Segways. <laughs> Berlin, 1944. Yeah, right. I thought you were going to go David and Boy, Berlin Trilogy, but all right, whatever. Yeah. Berlin, 1944. <laughs> yeah, way to bring the topic, you know, a little more mellow topic. Yeah, yeah. sure. Exactly. We have some We have some good friends who are um, uh, Jewish? Us- <laughs> users of uh, Movie Pass. And, and Movie me. Pass is... <laughs> this was a horrible transition. That was yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. Well, well, we're talking about summer movies. Something no, that talking... you can work on for the next two years. Yeah, yeah, we're, right. talking about, we're talking about summer movies in relation to this. So, yeah. so we have some good friends that uh, that uh, use MoviePass. For those who don't know, MoviePass is kind of a it's a the count system. It's kind of set up mm-hmm. like a like a gym membership. You have to pay uh, a thirty dollar fee monthly for mm-hmm. a year. You have to commit for a year, um, and uh, for that you get to go to uh, a movie every 24 hours that's not every day you, it has to be at every 24 hours so if you see it at 1 p.m. on Saturday you okay, can't go, go again till 101 p.m. Mm, on Sunday so anyway every 24 hours you can see a film you can't see a film more than once only one film uh, the same film you can't see the same film again and uh, you can't see 3D movies IMAX it's only 2D regular movies um, 
And one of the biggest hits is that it doesn't really carry any art house theaters. The only art yeah. house theater around here that it carries is AFI Silver. Uh, it doesn't. Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah, but AFI doesn't get the movies that Landmark does. E Street, yeah. Bethesda Row. Okay. So Landmark is a big selling point for film people I think you could be the type of person for casual fans for casual moviegoers movie passes great however try to be like Netflix kind of thing too yeah but however it's only you know one card per person they don't have family plans 30 bucks is a big thing so anyway my point being all of these these uh, obligations Mm -hmm. you know your obligation is you're going to pay $30 so think about what is the average uh, uh, the average ticket price if you go 10 bucks yeah but if you go yeah so if you go before uh, uh, matinee Mm -hmm. you're that's a good that's a good thing but you're only paying 7 or 8 bucks If you're, you have to go. Okay. If you're going at nights, you know that's that's a good thing. So that's you, even better. Yeah, you're 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 saving. But um, so anyway, personally, I I got into it because I thought that hey, this is going to open up a door so I could see more movies mm-hmm. and not feel like it's coming that much out of my pocket. If you think about it, it some people do use it that way. They go to um, at least four movies a month right. so that uh, that justifies the obligation. Right. Uh, we have a close friend, Andrew Sabuska, who does do that and he loves it. Is that how you pronounce his last name? I think. <laughs> By the anyway. way, I thought you were talking about Andy. <laughs> when Andy you Cos. Yeah, and I was like, wait, that's not his name. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Andrew's a big fan of this and he kind of mm. looked at me uh, uh, with, with side eye yeah. when I, when I uh, told him. Yeah, but Andrew also like records every single yeah, show yeah. that's he's on a, television. He's a, he's a media Freak. If if it's if Alan Silverwall has covered it, yeah. he's recording it. Yeah, he's a media freak. So how do we ever have him on this thing? We, we have him. We we, we will. Um, but uh, no, my my thing is that I really don't like obligation. I don't f- like someone putting their hand in my pocket to get. <laughs> get your hand out of my pocket. Uh, so R.I.P. So Malcolm X. So it is really like a gym membership, and that you don't really want to use it that often. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of why I ended it, and and I get the side eye from Andrew because I'm like, and, and my friend Troy, who's been on the show, uh, also has a movie pass, and they're like, why would you do that right mm-hmm. before we go into movie summer okay. movie season? So so here's my question: After the year, did you have to re up for a year again, or could no, you do it month to month? No, you can do it month to month okay. afterwards. Well, yeah. But but here's the thing: thirty bucks, that's a lot of money. Like if it like if the price point was like Netflix, if it was twenty bucks a month. I would I think, feel better about it. I think 30... Okay, well, here's my counterpoint. I've never used Movie Pass, but... I mean, it is like cable or Netflix where, like, you sign up for it and after a while you're just like, there's nothing to watch on here. Yeah, where it's yeah. like... If you go every week into the movies, yeah. which I mean, you're a big cinephile. Well, you, you have a you, podcast about films, so but it's like, but see, you could do that and say, and I did this, and you would, you, you could, would save the money. It would be worth it if you but went. You would every go through weekend. the, but you would go through these phases. What yeah. I noticed would be that you would go through these phases where, oh, there are three movies that I want to see over mm-hmm. the next few weekends. Mm-hmm. I do want to see them, and you start noticing that you would go to the theater more because you had the movie pass, maybe even see movies in the theater that you wouldn't see because right. before you would say, I'll wait till video or right. whatever. 
With this, however, you would go through the phases of obligation. Right. Like, it's hard enough when you have a gym membership to motivate yourself to, to go. But can you imagine, the obligation is, every month I've got twenty nine ninety nine coming out of my account. Mm-hmm. So I have to obligate myself. And considering me, I don't usually go to movies after 6 p.m. I usually go earlier in the day. Okay. So I would have to see four or five movies a month really to justify $30. It would be cheaper. And what if nothing good is coming out And that's too. And it would would be worth it if it also... Are you saying Hollywood does not make good movies? Um, I'm saying that they don't make them uh, frequently enough to justify a movie pass. If it included art house movies, then... If it it included Landmark, I would say that it actually would be worth it. But Landmark is completely not trying to get on that boat. They're making enough money as it is, you know. Plus they're open bar type places too. I don't know. it, It feels like... I mean, it is a value for somebody who does it every week, and yeah. like even I, I, even if it was like uh, uh, at matinee, and it only end up being like twenty five bucks or twenty six bucks right. a month, but you're still not, you're still just coming out of your thing. You're not thinking about it. I think the gym membership analogy is pretty good, just because mm-hmm. like after two or three months, you're just like, do I really want to get up at six a.m. or it's, do I really want to go hard. do eight, eight hours of work? Yeah. yeah. But, no 3D, no but, but I mean, all the spectacle movies you want to see in 3D. The, I, no, I disagree. Like, really? I, I, do. I, I only want to see them in about, 3D if they're shot in 3D. I, what about IMAX? Though? IMAX. I only oh, want to yeah. see them if they're shot in IMAX. Oh, like, yeah. I'll, I'll watch the Christopher Nolan movies because I know he shot it in oh, IMAX. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about like post converted 3D. Right. I'm talking about, like, but most of the movies are post converted 3D. That's why sure. I just like, yeah. like, um, <laughs> I heard Godzilla was good in 3D. And it was post converted, but yeah. like that's what it's a, it's a green screen good. movie. Was it's Pacific yeah. Rim post converted or was Pacific Rim? I think it was post converted, yeah. Because really? I, I want to say did, it was, yeah. They did an amazing job with that shit. Yeah. I thought it was alright in 3D. Well, well, I didn't think it was it's any the, better. It's, right. this, uh, it's the George Lucas syndrome. If you're going to shoot everything on a green screen with CGI, it's easy to post convert. Mm, right. If most of your movie is not uh, real in front of the frame, it's easy to put that on the frame. Are you like 40 story robots? I, I can't believe you. Oh no, but, they, but, uh, they didn't even build the miniature, so it makes it look like forty year yeah. But but here's the thing: uh, when it when something is sold to you as here is something that is going to take uh, the financial burden off mm-hmm. your head of theater going, mm-hmm. that's a big selling point. But once mm-hmm. you get into the program, you start realizing how restrictive it is. Okay. It's very restrictive. You you don't have the freedom to go see whatever movie you want. What if you want to see movie uh, movies repeatedly? You can't. Well, if you want to see uh, something in 3D, you uh, can't. If you want to see something in IMAX, if you want to see something at an art house theater. Uh, but I think the art house theater thing is uh, a bit of a, bis- a misnomer just because like uh, you or Andrew, like though you are you are the type of people. If they're trying to be Netflix, Netflix doesn't really do isn't. If the equivalent is Netflix, then Netflix isn't really going after like the hardcore film kind of sort type They're people. Going They're going after, after the, yeah, the people who are going to go to. But that, I think that that I think that that's the problem. If you're if you're pinpointing your audience being casual or mainstream watchers, mm-hmm. then you really are kind of taking the rug out from from cinephiles. Why would cinephiles okay. join something that is so casual? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you still get to see the big sort of Hollywood movie, or just like maybe yeah. the big Hollywood, the, the okay, mid-tier between, ones. So too, between yeah. May and and August, mm-hmm. you're you're good. Uh, during and then the you Christmas get this, season, yeah. during the Christmas Oscar season, season. Yeah. So like, really, it's only in in the dumpy months of January, February, March where you get. But think, where, but think about it. 
during those two phases, and like I said, let's I think, say okay. let's say generally May to September mm-hmm. and then November, December, yeah. I would say August and August and May we say May to September. May yeah. to September. So May to December, I would say, yeah. Yeah, here and there. Yeah. Um, and I just think, again, I think it just becomes so, cable or Netflix where it's just like you have so many options and you're just looking at it like, eh, I, I, there's nothing to watch. It where could be media oversaturation. Yeah, yeah. I think that the big problem, too, is why do, why would someone not want to go to the movie theater? Because there is something about, you know, having to, it's not convenient. The, right. the convenience of it is, oh, it's very close by, but you know what's closer? Netflix. Right. So it's an oversaturation thing, too. I have a video game. Mm. I have a book. I have a movie mm. I want to watch at home. Why do I have to go to the To me, movie? the problem is a movie pass, Greg. To me, it's the me. problem is you. Yeah. I mean, not, not you specifically, but like it, it's the, the movie gore because it's like you, ha- you could literally see a movie a day. Well, actually, no. Well, yeah, because you would say what? Like every week. Three, four movies come out, so you can see a movie Depends. three, three days out of the week. If you if you really wanted to, if you like went to work, got off at like six, and then was like, yeah. I'm on wine by going to the theater or something like that, yeah. or just if you did just that once a week, I think it comes down like I mean I'm a I'm I have Netflix, I have cable, and I will routinely sit there and just search through stuff and be like, no, 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 no. But that's the problem that it becomes that it's not like. Oh, I, I I have to see this. I want to see this. It just becomes I can see it. Do I want to? Not really. I'll do something else. I'll, right. I'll read a book or I'll go interview Misty Stone or whatever. <laughs> no, I, I I think it's it's good. I I think even as restrictive as it is, even though I've never done it, it seems like a good thing. I just I didn't do it for that exact reason because I knew because I've done Netflix and I have cable. It's like not because. Those are the other options, but because I know how I react to that for certain bu- time. Thirty bucks a month is a big commitment, dude. It's a that's big show. That's, th- it, that's it, it more is. than some right. gym memberships. Especially if you but consider if you, go, that you have if like you Netflix go, and cable right. and internet and all that other stuff. But if you're going to the theater, if you're breaking it once down, a week, if you're breaking it down by numbers, yeah. you, you could have to go through play, weekends. Yeah, you could be paying a hundred dollars or more a month for your media. Yeah. Netflix. We talked about this. Netflix, cable. Yeah. It's the. I mean, Netflix. Uh, cable alone is more than a hundred yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like again, it's if if you are going to like you have Netflix, and I'll go like a month or two without watching it, or like I won't really go a month or two. I'll probably go like a month without watching something on Netflix, but I'm still paying for it. But like you said, I guess yeah, it is mitigated because the fact that it's eight bucks. Yeah. Instead of like thirty, yeah, it's the price. I don't point. know. I, I I think I don't I don't think so much is the price. To me, outside looking in, I don't think it's a price point. I think it's just that after a certain while, you're just like, man, I have it. I could use it, but I'm not going to. If just like cable, I, just like I, I, let me let just me like a gym membership. Let me just throw also on top of it that another thing about MoviePass mm-hmm. that I don't think is is a, a selling point is I, I always compare it to how, yeah. Go ahead. Let, let me no, I'll, I'll lean in uh, with. I'll lean in no, when no, I have I'm to saying, talk. Get, get comfortable. Oh, okay. uh, but no, I think that I always relate the things that I use um, to the to the customer service that I experience with Amazon. Amazon is the best customer service that you can get from any online real retailer, even regular brick and mortar retailer. The Amazon blows everyone out of the water. Their customer service, MoviePass is. Um, uh, GUI system. This this podcast brought to you by Amazon. Yeah, Search yeah. millions of books, movies. Right. Audible. <laughs> Audible, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Audible. By the, by the way, I think that that put part, in that, debatable as your podcast. I, 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 I want to say that was it the second or third. episode? It was like the second or third episode. I, I knew I was still doing my podcast when you did yeah. that bit. Yeah. It was it was something like that. I remember you and the guy who was on that episode, TJ Tui, yeah. like both messaged me like that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you started you started it with a plug for Audible, and did you say if you to get a thing put in uh, put in code WTF? No, no, I said uh, <laughs> it, uh, this episode brought to you by Audible, I think, or Stitcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the, uh, one of the, if, yeah. You, if you if you want a free subscription, uh, go ask Mark Maron or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like I think you said yeah. put in WTF. Yeah. I was like, fuck you. I don't. think that. I I think that was episode five. Yeah, it was early on. Yeah, uh, but anyway, what was I saying? Uh, no, I don't like their their uh, system. It's not easy to see your account. Customer it's service. Not, yeah, well, yeah, uh, their customer service. It's not. There's no good way to see your account to see uh, what you have bought, your history, uh, all this stuff. It, it, you always have to talk to a representative, and I don't mm. like that when you have to talk to a telemarketer or you have to talk to someone on a phone in order to get something done. It's not set up. So uh, Saying is you're antisocial. You don't it's, want to talk to people. It's not set up. User, Skynet. It's not set up user it's friendly. It's just one guy in a broom closet. Right? You got to give him a break. I mean, who has movie pass? It's that, <laughs> that being said, like, most of every, New York. everybody on LinkedIn. That's yeah, what has yeah. Microsoft customer service is the best. Yeah, Microsoft customer <laughs> brought service to you by Microsoft customer service is the type that when I uh, say I don't want to auto renew my Xbox Live account, yeah. will go ahead and auto renew it for me. Well, they they know what you really mean. Yeah. Yeah. You, you yeah. said no, but you meant yes. Your eyes said yes. <laughs> it's much like rape victims. Why were you wearing that, Greg, if you didn't want the auto pass? Ooh. Oh, wait, no? No? Uh, Too current much? events. Anyway. Hey. Uh, this this gets what? Three, three people <laughs> listen to it? But the reason well, that two I, now. <laughs> the reason I say uh, all the thing about movie pass is because I get the weird looks like, oh, we're going into the summer movie season, and it is a big time to, to see movies, and you can imagine... Uh, Wanting to see maybe two, three movies huh. a weekend. Last weekend I saw Godzilla, Neighbors, and uh, boom, movie fast paid for, and X Men: uh, Days yeah. of Future Past. But really, you should have probably only watched one of those movies. I liked all three of them. I, I can't imagine Neighbors being any good. Neighbors was hilarious. Yeah. You said this last weekend too. Yeah. Yeah. I've not seen it. I've only seen the awful trailers for it. Are so. you a okay. Seth Rogen fan? Uh, I like Seth Rogen. I, I, I don't think you would think that was bad. Then. Why would you think it's it bad? Just, it looks not funny. That's all. very. It, it all was right. very funny. It was very enjoyable. And Zac Efron, like the the ones that are supposed to be the bad frat guys, uh-huh. they actually have. Um, they have uh, some heart. No, they have. They're they're well rounded characters. They're not. Uh, they're not shallow characters. Now, who made this movie? Who produced it? It was, was Sorogan and his producing partner, yeah, yeah Evan. Uh, okay. Directed by Nick Stoller, who directed mm-hmm. Forgetting Sarah Marshall and. I, I gotta yeah. say, Neighbors. Definitely did better for me than the Seth Rogen. Like it had less roller coaster of of comedy, uh, mm. less less dead space than uh, This Is the End. And and Pineapple Express is not a movie that I like. It is. I'm like, sorry. I, I love Forgetting I Sarah Fernando Marshall. Movie. So what what I like this. But movie Forgetting is, Sarah Marshall is not. Uh, it's a, Nick Stoller. That's why. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Same director. But it's not as much the drama, Greek. I would I would assume. But get him get to the, the Greek, Greek? Nah, it's horrible. It was, was alright. Get him to the Greek was horrible. Not a fan. Okay. Compared to figure, forgetting Sarah Marshall? I mean, yeah, but Brady Marshall is pretty good. Like, yeah, that's a Sarah hilarious Marshall's movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would say, uh, no, uh, Neighbors is, for you, it would be surprisingly funny. It is very good. It's very, very good. Um, 
Yeah, the, the three three dimensional characters and uh, the. Did you saw it in three D. Yeah, I saw it in three D. Couldn't pay. You can't get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got rid of it. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Um, Godzilla was very very good. I enjoyed that and and uh, X Men. You 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 liked X Men. Oh yeah, I loved X Men. Now that was a transition. That was a transition. Yeah, that was a movie. Did you? Uh, let me ask you something. Do you uh, do you like? Oh wait, that for series? the record, I have not seen. Yeah, Fernando has I haven't not. seen Days of Future Past. Have I mean, you could be spoiler. Have you seen the originals? Uh, any of the original X Men movies? Yes. Yeah. Up to uh, like which ones have you seen? I've seen all of them except Days of okay. Future Past. I have not seen the two Wolverine movies. Oh, I haven't seen those either. Them, but, yeah. Yeah. Those, are those yeah. canon? Those are canon? Uh, they are. Well, they are. well, the last... Uh, I think the last Wolverine movie is canon. That is canon. I think yeah. they excommunicated the... Origins. The, the they origins. excommunicated. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I haven't seen Wolverine Origins. I heard it was uh, crap. Well, I my saw... mom says that Wolverine Origins is amazing, but she does love watching Hugh Jackman shirtless. All right. Well, and she's probably listening to us. How does dad feel about that's that? That's her. That's the coterie audience yeah. for so Hugh Jackman. Like, yeah. women or Nicaraguan women? I can't remember. She's in Nicaragua. She's a Nicaragua. beautiful Nicaraguan woman. Yeah. Yes. Don't use the N word on this podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I, 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 I was going to say uh, the Wolverine is also one that I wasn't on the page of uh, of a lot of friends and critics. I, yeah. I did not like that movie at all. No. I, it's very. The boy James Mangold. The, the problem is that it's, it's super exposition heavy. The story is not that good. There's some good action scenes in it, but it it's not cohesively very good. Quick segue. The last good James Magold movie. Copland. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, that's a good argument. I mean, 310 Although, to Yuma is pretty good. It's all right. I enjoy yeah. it. Yuma. You know, I like Identity, but all right. Identity is fucking horrible. Are we going to make this the Identity cast? <laughs> no, no, no. That's why it was a quick aside. Oh, my Continue. God. It's a ha- half a good movie. The Look second great. half. <laughs> Look great. Poor's don't get a second chance, yeah, all right? Yeah, yeah. I think and if you keep talking... We establish that. No, um, but uh, the thing about uh, X Men is uh, it has kind of a sordid history with comic book fans and people who are fans of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because 20th Century Fox uh, is kind of the the type of production company that wants their cake and eat it too. So they want their best. They, they want the the best of of the X Men series, and they kind of want to get to it as quickly as possible, as we see it in uh, X Men One through Three and the Wolverine standalones. I, I want to get like, to the best parts. I feel like with Fox, there's a lot of studio exec, exec kind of noting and, and manhandling of properties. Yeah, like, maybe. Here's here's what needs to be in the thing in order for it to you know in, in order for us to make money from yeah. it. And you get that a lot from. The X-Men franchise, you know, this character has to yeah. be in this character. Let's shoehorn this character right. into it. And there's also kind of this... I think that the the big chasm here is that you're, you're also not getting phases. I think what, what the Marvel Cinematic Universe does well is that they knew they had to build to something. They have to build to an mm-hmm. arc. So they can't start off... Like, if Marvel Cinematic Universe was doing this, they would not get to the mutant gene uh, so quickly. Or the Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah. Or the Sentinel stuff they would build everything up to move to that well to be fair greg i mean it took him 14 years to get to the sentinel stuff so true but but and to be fair they were building up to that dark phoenix in in x-men 3 and just the movie wasn't good they were building they were building up to it but they didn't really take take uh they didn't take their time with it like a phase would it was I don't know. The third, well, it was the third in a series that you're going to mix together right. the mutant gene and the uh, Dark Phoenix saga and right. kill off most of your major cast. Yeah, well, but no, but I think that I, I think that like if you just look at the first two movies, they did a great job 
building up to that Dark Phoenix thing. But like, that was like not you, the, that, but, they weren't building up to it though. I mean, they kind of. I, they, they I mean, no, it. they weren't. They were good. They were doing it because that was the next major. That's what I'm saying. Fox wanted to do the best of. They want yeah. to get to the best arcs, the best stories that all X Men fans are are frothing. Right, for. but I think if by that logic, they would have done that with the second movie. Like the second they movie did, just would have done. They did do. Uh, what they did with the second movie, the mm-hmm. Wolverine origin story, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to get to that as quickly as possible. Because okay. what they did was, and this is much to the chagrin of comic book fans, and I kind of agree with them, and even fans of the TV show, the old cartoon TV yeah, the show, cartoon, yeah. is that they made Wolverine the leader. The, man, the dude, yeah, yeah. And, that, and when, you make, when you put the spotlight on him, you definitely undercut the rest of the cast. Cyclops, though, he's a fucking Boy Scout. He was never really that great. Uh, But Storm, Storm is completely undercut. Uh, The stuff with uh, Professor X and Magneto is interesting. It's it's the next biggest I think that served well in the first two movies. I I, I agree. I agree, but I think that they, because they focused so much on Wolverine, Mm -hmm. Wolverine was always the, he was pushing the, the motivation. He was uh-huh. pushing the story. And I think the third one, it, 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 you know what? It, it used to be people hated, hated it because of Brett Ratner. Yeah. I disagree. I don't think that Brett Ratner is the problem. I think the writing and, and yeah. where Fox wanted to go with I, that, sh- that movie is the problem. But I think if you... Like, I, I think the easy, uh, the easy, quick pleasure thing to do is do the Wolverine stuff. I think building up to the Dark Phoenix, I don't think, I don't know anybody who left the they second movie unsatisfied going, oh my god, I can't, I like the third movie, they're going to do Dark Phoenix. Like, I think that's what we all thought, no? Yeah, the third I agree. Movie, yeah but Phoenix. I think that that's a problem. I think We that were all excited about it if Brian Singer was going to do it. I wasn't. No, no, no. I remember, I remember distinctly the group of friends that I had and the uh, group of people that I was talking about, uh, X2 with, which mm-hmm. still remains yeah. one of the best comic book movies and my mm-hmm. one of my favorites, probably. Yeah. I think that when I saw the Dark Phoenix stuff in there, or the, the, what was starting as the Dark Phoenix mm-hmm. stuff, I was like, man, they're going into that way quick. I, I remember that being I, I said. I disagree with that. I agree with Fernando because yeah. I like seeing I think it was like the last shot of X2 or whatever they're yeah, yeah, in the Dark the Phoenix. Yeah. And I, I remember being excited about that. I guess I I remember the Dark Phoenix saga from the cartoon, yeah. not so much the comic books. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess I didn't really have a handle on how big the saga was, but it, it was kind of exciting to... And to, if you're doing... Like, it sucks that they, they did it. What I'm saying is, it sucks that you put... You, you have these heavy, big, well-respected arcs, and mm-hmm. you're just going to devote one movie to them, is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. There yeah. could have been more build done to Jean Grey. Yeah. There could have been more time spent with it. I'll tell but you I what I think... Th- hold on. Okay. I'll tell you what I, what I feel about X-Men 3. It feels like... The end of a, a, a trilogy to to kind of tie off a series. It feels like uh, for for some fans of of like Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street Seven was supposed to be Freddy's dead. Mm-hmm. Freddy is dead. We're not bringing this back. This is what X Men Three feels like to me. Oh, we cannot uh, woo Brian Singer back to direct his mm-hmm. third in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. We get a, a journeyman director that is Brett Ratner on whoa, this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Respect after the sunset, all right? Yeah, sure. You always bring that up. That, that's that's the big problem the with, sunset, yeah. with the X-Men series. There's no, like, cohesive through line. It's very kind of, oh, let's just make shit up as we go along. Yeah. You know, and, and I agree that X1 and X2, like, were really great together. And then the third Good one, origin kind of, story, great right? fucking ensemble cast. But yeah. I also think with the X-Men in particular, 
And I, and I think to to uh, to an extent, the Spider-Man trilogy is also it's that that we know those stories. So somehow those stories have permeated, especially our generation of it. Like you look at the like I think the stuff you're saying with with arcs, it's there in the Captain America and it's there with Thor. It's just that those are lesser known characters and we don't really know those arcs that well. well. They, like we all, everybody that grew up in our generation knows that Dark Phoenix <coughs> saga. They know about it Venom. Do, it they know about all that stuff that, in those that, cartoons. But that's the thing. I don't feel that they're handled with enough uh, uh, time. What you're doing, what X-Men 3 is failing at is the same thing that Spider-Man 3 is failing at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man series wanted to get to the biggest bads, the mm. biggest arcs, as quickly as possible. There's, with the fucking story that they told in Spider-Man 3, there's no way that they could do justice to mm. Venom or if they wanted to go down that road into Carnage. Venom mm. and Carnage are big fucking yeah, like yeah. character arcs. And they could not. And you know how long they took in the in the comic book series. There's no way that they could translate that to one installment. The same thing I'm saying about X Men Three. Mm. You're taking two big weighty arcs. The mutant gene, the uh, kid who's got the uh, the ability to turn mutants into uh, yeah. regular people, and you have the uh, Dark Phoenix saga. Mm. Those are two fucking arcs by themselves. They're almost like a trilogy would be devoted to each. Right. It's also like this thing with superhero movies where. Where it's just you get into like late into the series and you get too many goddamn characters. It's right. like it's the it's the Batman yeah, yeah. the Batman and Robin syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Okay, too many villains, too many that's, supporting characters. That's what we were t- kind of talking about on uh, the podcast recently uh, with uh, with the guys from uh, from um, Bam Comics and Action A Go Go. It's built on this uh, on on the the Tim Burton Batman idea that that franchise. With each new one, you have to have you have to exponentially grow how many bad guys there mm-hmm. are. So by the time you get to Batman and Robin, there's how many? Three, four. There's at least uh, three or there's, four. There's, yeah. yeah, three ba- like bad Bane, guys. Bane, Poison Ivy, Mister Freeze. Plus, yeah. you're bringing Batgirl and yeah. and uh, I mean, Robin I mean, full full swing into it. Yeah. I, I think that that's what what it what really destroys when they think, oh, well, we need to pack this everything in and the kitchen sink into this to make it more of a draw. Yeah. And what they do by doing that is kind of undercut either the characterization, which most of the time it does, or or just the the breath. Story need stories, especially those stories, need yeah. time to breathe and build up. Well, it's, it's I, I, you can only do so much yeah. with a movie, though. I mean, I think I think focusing on Wolverine is like the right thing to do for yeah. for an hour and a half. It, it's kind of like the the same way I felt about the Star Trek movies versus the Star Trek TV show. Like yeah. if you watch Next Generation, you watch the original series. They would focus on a character every episode, right? Right. But in the movies, they always focus they get a on scene or two. Yeah. They always focus on Captain Picard in the movies. Yeah. You, you know, Captain it's Kirk. You, no, not Captain Kirk. Well, in the Captain Kirk movies, yeah. But uh, yeah, no. I'm talking I mean, about, oh, okay. I'm talking about next like generation six, right. seven. Yeah. Star Trek six, seven, eight, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Insurrection. Well, I'm sure like that one. This, is, this <laughs> is also true of the original movies too. They would focus on on William Shatner, but mm. it's you know it's you can only focus on so mm. many people. You know, in ninety minutes. I don't know. I think looking back on it, the the first two X Men movies did a really good job of building up those arcs and, and building up to that like Jean Grey Dark Phoenix moment. It's just that the third one shot the bed on it. Like yeah, and all same thing with the, the with the third Spider Man movie. They were just they. I mean, I think that yeah, the first two Spider Man movies I, they really were. I mean, they were building up the sort of Peter Parker, mm-hmm. um, James Franco. What was his name? Yeah, Harry uh, Osborn stuff. Osborne. And then just, they just threw part, it in. Part two was amazing. Yeah, amazing part two, Spider-Man. Yeah. Or no, not amazing. 
Right, yeah, it was yeah. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to to um, to update that I was saying uh, the, the mutant gene. I mean the X gene. I'm sorry. And also, I wanted to say that it's actually three things. Because there's, a, there's another arc with Magneto bringing the Brotherhood of Mutants together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's an even bigger thing. I mean, I don't know. Like I just feel like it's let's let's push so much into last stand yeah. in order to make it viable. But if there's any director that could have handled that, it was yeah, definitely Brett Ratner. Yeah. So so coming off of that, we definitely in many people's opinions that that uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine is the nadir of the uh, of the nadir. Nadir of uh, the the the, um, the series. Now, what does that mean again for or those listeners point, that don't know? Okay. The lowest that means you run for president in 2000 the and bottom, everyone the bottom, chances right. of winning. The That's, bottom of a barrel. I got you. Uh, yeah, you have to have... Um, yeah, anyway. So, uh, my my point being that... Uh, so, the Wolverine, uh, the They're James Bond movie... Yeah. Came, yeah, started clawing back. And, and of course, first class... Clawing yeah. back! Clawing back, yeah. And then, of course, First Class, which really uh, yeah, kind really of rebooted, rebooted the, uh, the series. Yeah. Um, you know, seeing X-Men from the 1960s on is interesting. And then, of course, Days of Future Past does a good job of, ha- again, having its cake and eating it, eating it too. We're going to have the First Class uh, cast members, Fassbender and, and McAvoy, uh, kind of. Really, they're the, they're the pushing force, the motivation of the movie. Yeah. Uh, of course, we have the old cast in some form, basically well, like from cameos. X-Men 3. Yeah. The X-Men 3 leftovers, yeah. um, and, and showing that Professor X is still alive. Which, yeah, so how I'm do, not how sure do, yeah, how, how they explain happened. that. Well, uh, yeah, because you, is Cyclops still in it? No. Uh, no, Cyclops yeah. died. How was, how was, killed. Uh, how I'm about was, to tell you. Okay. So, uh, the credit cookie on X-Men 3 was that um, he had taken his conscience and conscience and put it in uh, uh, another body. A comatose Xavier body. put it, yeah. So, so basically, one of the, the an article came out recently saying the, the most um, uh But did it look like him? No. Well, you <laughs> okay. don't. I watched it recently. You don't see him. You don't see you don't see Xavier in that credit cookie. But but so how do you, I always assumed it did his voice. Uh, and then the woman and then the woman who's the, his his nurse says Charles and then it goes to the The woman who's supposed to be Moira. Moira, yeah. But is also Moira in X-Men First Class or is that established? I mean it's supposed to it's be It's supposed to be but not the same yeah, actress. It's, um an- again, just proving that X-Men has no through line. Right. You know. Uh I do like uh just to interject here before you guys go deep into X-Men Days Future Past, I do like that they've done this cool thing with the X-Men series. Uh, it started with first class, that they're doing the stories in the time period where the comics were first set. So you get this sort of nostalgic, like if you went back and read Days of Future Past, it goes back. Does it go back to the seventies? Was it first written yeah. in the seventies? So you get that feel of like, oh, they're in the seventies. They're doing the future, and then they're doing the seventies. <clears throat> and apparently, Apocalypse is going to be set in the eighties when those first books were yeah. read. So if you went back, you would get the, that eighties feel and like. So yeah. it's not like retrofitted, like oh, this was written in the eighties, but now we're going to set it in twenty fourteen. So we have the update for si- cell phones, but, and mm-hmm. these characters now have the internet. Well, they're also like that. they're also getting. You know what they're they're getting is is the are, are the best parts of kind of Watchmen. Right. You're taking yeah. you're taking a, a a period drama and you're mixing it with time travel, right. and that's probably why X Men and Apocalypse are going to be so so interesting mm-hmm. to, to longtime fans. I think that the, the issue is here. You're you're you're. Doing 
doing what 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 was the first um uh original cast next generation star trek movie what was that uh, that was uh star trek generations generations yeah so they're doing that kind mm-hmm. of with there's a future past you're you're marrying the old cast what's mm-hmm. left over the old cast um after they basically decimated them yeah um and kind of marrying that, they're they're living in kind of a matrix type future, okay. and then you have them through through the use of Kitty Pride yeah, doesn't I, establish why really, she yeah. has she can send somebody's consciousness back into their younger they body. They never established that. No. If they, you can walk through walls, that's just something else that it you comes can do. With, right? Of course yeah, it, it comes with it. Yeah. Of course. The, the answer is because mutant powers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. If you can, if you can, uh, uh, it's space-time. If you can go through space, you can go through time. Right. What? About I was, kind of I, was, hard, I was asking uh, Nick, who was on the show last time, uh, Nick Henderson, about uh, how uh, Mystique showed up in X Men Two when she was clawed in the in the stomach and left for dead non-lethal at the end wounds. of X Men. Non lethal wound. Yeah, yeah, non lethal <laughs> well, wounds right. from Wolverine. She shape shifted into a healthy person. <laughs> I, just, I just watched the first X movie uh, yesterday, actually, mm-hmm. and. They, yeah, uh, Mystique gets stabbed with the Admanian claws yeah, yeah. and then gets left on the ground. And then she shapeshifts into like a, a security guard or something that still has the same wound in, yeah. in the abdomen. So and they go and save. They no, go she shapeshifts from the security guard back into Mystique with the three claws on her stomach. So no, she's I thought it was dead. No, 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 no. No, he, she, he she, comes she, up. No, I'll tell you how it happens. She shows up as Storm. Pretend, yes. She's pretending to be a storm, she gets stabbed, yeah. and then she falls down and becomes Mystique again. Yes. And then one of the last shots of that scene is yeah. her laying on the ground as the security guard. Yeah, that's what that's I remember. Bullshit. And then they come and get the security that's guard. And then, and then she shows up at the end of the movie pretending to be the senator. senator yeah, that's the thing. Senator, yeah. uh, senator <laughs> I'm going gonna, gonna to say that the, pro- the problem with the, the, the mutant theory in all of the, um, the, the 20th Century Fox uh, X-Men movies, and again, this is them having their cake and eating it too, is that they are afraid of killing any major character that's so cool that they want to bring back. Mystique, they did... Hold on. What about hold on. Ops? Hold on. No, no, no. That, that's the that only... Cool? That, not that cool. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I'll give you a perfect example, and this one blows all of them out of the water. Magneto. Yeah. The, at the end of X-Men 3, it looked like he was... Yeah, he got the X gene. It looked like he was cured of his mutant powers. What's that's the first true, thing yeah, that yeah. you see before you go to credits? Him pushing the metal like uh, chess piece. Yeah. So you know that it, it, it's temporary. Yeah. It's not permanent. Okay. Uh, so that's the thing. They, they, but they, but they, they do this thing. But I think that's also... Uh, uh, I, I don't think it's fair to do that with the movies because they do it in the comics all the time. It's just an extension it, of the... It's, it's part of the genre that you just, you're working you just in. Better, it's, it's kind of better explained in the comics. I'm going to say, I don't want to be semantic about this, but it, the comics do handle their bullshit better than movies where the movies yeah. just say, oh, just you just show up. up. Like, for yeah, example, yeah. why is it that Mystique and Xavier don't have any kind of relationship through the first three X-Men movies? And yet they right. grew up together. Yeah. Supposedly, like why? You know, uh, you'll you just find sh- out an apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. she's oh, gonna seen first class. I, I have seen first. Okay, class. Yeah, uh, yeah. Amnesia. She in 1990. Yeah, she yeah. had amnesia, yeah, guys. Yeah, Did yeah, you amnesia. not know that? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, yeah, that is the, that is the thing. Like when you a, watch first class. The first, you're like, 
Well, like, you really that's the thing that you want to go back yeah. and see like do they yeah. have any like is there a glance or anything but, but, could have been because but then again the reasoning is and, and you know this just from knowing the story of Days of Future Past uh, there really aren't con- continuity problems in the series when you think about how many multiple parallel branching timelines there are in Days of Future Past basically anything could happen on any timeline because they've proven that that's basically the conceit of the movie that they can change time just like Marty McFly going back uh-huh. in time and getting his parents together. So that's what's happening with uh, with them going back to the 60s. They could have made the world so bad that the Sentinels were going to be uh, hunting out the mutants and decimating them for the rest of the, the time period, but they went back and stopped this person from killing this person, and mm-hmm. that's... Look, all I gotta say is they've shown major restraint, not bringing up my boy Sinister yet. Am I right, guys? Mr. Sinister? Mr. Sinister. He's coming. He's going to be coming. Yeah, Yeah, probably. He's coming, all right. Um, I just want to throw him out Uh, one reference. They do do that. It's just, uh, I I felt like this was the best X-Men movie since uh, X2. uh, And and it does a lot to to fix. Is it that much better than First Class? I I thought thought First Class was amazing. First Class is really good. This is a good... Companion to first class. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, so I'd pers- say it's better than first Personally, class. Personally, I think it's better. I think that what it does is it marries all the things that you would expect from, from Brian Singer, who really does bring a visual cachet to it but also it, it, it kind of ha- it, it throws it throws in th- like a like a like a jail breakout it throws in big uh, action scenes you got great like yeah. conspiracy stuff with um, with um, Tyrion with, uh, with Tyrion yeah, yeah. yeah with Tyrion. Tyrion. one review that I read Oliver they kind of hit it on the nose like with this movie it's more it's really more about the characters like there's mm-hmm. like really good action set pieces mm-hmm. like there are in the other X movies, but this one really focuses on good character moments. Yeah, you know, and they did a good job of, of of that with First Class. First Class yeah. started that, and I feel like they're they're continuing it. Like that, the uh, McAvoy stuff is yeah. is really really good. That that Argentina scene in First Class is like yeah. something like I've never seen in a in a comic yeah. book movie. It's just mm-hmm. so rich with sort of yeah. texture and and seeing yeah. Magneto. Um, yeah. Sort of play out this revenge channel. It's it's. To, I think we talked about this. It's almost like that scene in First Class is like the Fastbender scene in Inglorious Bastards, the tavern scene where it's so tense and they're in this small bar. Yeah, it's really good. Um, stuff. Yeah. But I, I, I think that future pass. I gotta watch it. I, I think that if Brian Singer continues, which he will for this next one, they're saying uh, that you know it it, ha- it has a, a hope to keep the series afloat if however they, they the the problem with fox and gambit, the way- huh? gambit guys right? yeah yeah, yeah. Tate gambit? himself what is what is the gambit's favorite food croissant <laughs> okay uh, so the it, it's easy that fox just it just con- constantly yeah. falters. They go in these phases, these these roller coasters. That I think, even though there haven't been uh, good movies that have come out of uh, the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe, they have. One of the things that you can attribute to them in almost an Apple like, like a like a Steve Jobs type fashion, is how fascist they are about keeping that world like cohesive. Yeah. So even when you do have kind of lacking sequels like Thor the Dark, yeah. and Dark there is, World. But there is a, a, a base level of like it's not going to go yeah. uh, uh, it's not, it might not be 
uh, good, but there's a base level of sort of average. Like right. you're gonna I mean, get right. at least some of your money's worth. Unfortunately, they're not thirty dollars a month, but you know. I feel like I feel like we're due for a shitty X Men movie because you, we had we had a good one with X, yeah, and then X two yeah. was good, and X three yeah. was shit, and then yeah. we got First Class, this one, and then. Yeah. Apocalypse. But then again, it was Brett Ratner. Like, I don't, uh, you can't, like, yeah. I think they were building that up and then saying it went to do were... Superman Returns and it fucked everything up. No, I yeah. don't think, uh, here's my problem. Uh, watching it again and, and reading uh, about some stuff that I didn't know about, um, I, I really got to soften on the on the Ratner thing. I don't think Ratner destroyed it. I think I it think was he the writing it. that destroyed I think he, it. But, he, he directed okay. a competent movie. It's uh, he added, actually the action in X Men Three uh, is not that bad. He's it's adequately directed. Uh, it is terribly n- narratively uh, but I, cohesive. But I think it stems from singer living not that not that i think it, it they they it had a those plan. writers that he that he left with right him. exactly and then they don't they don't yeah. ratner comes in not knowing the writers and as a not helm, that yeah. helming it yeah. so if, if singer stays on I, yeah i i, I agree with that because i think burt ratner does take a lot of shit for i mean he's he's all right he's not the worst so um, so apocalypse is going to take place in the 80s with the uh, that's first class. Cast. Well, they also well, have to. Yeah, they they do have a lot to kind of live up to, but I think that they're going to be doing some more time jumping because okay. they have to. It sounds like they're going to be just from that credit cookie and from what I've heard that they're going to be trying to flesh out Apocalypse in a in a in an origin story sense. <laughs> so it's not just going to be when Apocalypse comes about with the X Men uh, in the eighties. So I think they're going to be due for some more time jumping. Jumping. And when is Apocalypse coming out? Is it two years? 2015? Uh, no, 2016. Yeah. yeah. No, I really have yeah. enough time for a standalone Apocalypse movie. No. That's true. Yeah. That would be interesting. R- randomly, have you guys seen Man of Steel? I just watched yeah. this the other day. What did you guys think of that? A good movie? Not um, good movie? I think the yeah, I think the last 30 minutes, 45 minutes, just evolves into punching stuff. And, I got kind of bored with destroying. it. Yeah. But, it gets but, numb at the end. I'm, incre- I'm the incredibly in, in the minority and, and unpopular with my opinion of Man of Steel. You Did think you, it's good? You really I, like it? When I saw it in the theater, I really enjoyed it. I see. I I enjoy not, it, I've always seen it once, though. I, I enjoyed it up until the small town fracas. Like, after that, it mm. just it's just... It's, 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 it's Superman yeah. beating up on yeah. each other. It's, it's the end of Transformers 3 yeah. where it's just yeah. like destruction and you get fatigued after a while. I, I, I think it goes back to your point where you're talking about how like our generation is familiar with all these stories mm-hmm. and we're just telling them over and over again. I thought right. it was a nice like fresh take on the Superman origin story. Yeah. Like approaching it from a, a, a more character-based standpoint. Not this yeah. big grand epic thing, but just sort of Clark Kent and his... Deal well, they were with. trying to make it more... Uh, a real human being. They were trying yeah, to yeah. make that you get that I grittier. Think. And I think that's the Christopher Nolan thing, but it's yeah. also kind of like the problem with that story kind of can be attributed to Goyer. Goyer has kind of a he's uh, kind of a dick. He's kind of got a bad yeah. bad rap. Uh, rap uh, All right, can I defend Goyer on that thing that was on the internet a couple weeks ago? Oh, <laughs> she Hulk. Are you telling me? That comic book writers who know their audience are fucking horny 14-year-olds didn't make a character to turn them on? Like, I read that thing and I was like... But it well, would be like saying that... That's, that's She-Hulk and every single comic book female that ever Yeah, existed. I know, exactly. I, mean, you know. I agree with that. I think every single but comic also, book female but you know was what, written that, by some male guy who was trying to turn on 14-year-olds, so they're all big titty whores. I, think, but, I don't think you that know character that, is the same... At, you know, she's not the same character, I would say, that she was when... The character was created. I think it's more transformed, if you will, into more of a you know, like like I think everybody you know like 
Girls really like She-Hulk. It's very no. It's very difficult for for the conversation about Wonder Woman or She-Hulk yeah. because you kind of have to have the conversation about when was it created, yeah. what those creators were doing with yeah. that character, and what the readers wanted. The, yes, the readers of Wonder Woman in the fifties and sixties yeah. were getting a lot of like really misogynist shit but yeah. that is also what they were buying but, but I also don't think like I think with that argument then you would have to say that at a certain point they designed that character differently I, like She-Hulk still has oh, big yeah. titties and, and, and is half dressed like no matter how pro- ma- no but see there's a problem with that when you look at it through the prism of comic books everything is big and epic but that's what I'm saying fucking yeah. big ass muscles big ass guns yeah you I, have I, to have a, a big tittied uh Superhero. But that's what I'm saying. Like, so to Tones. me, what Goyer said wasn't like, "Oh my God, this is shocking." It was like, "Yeah, that's they're playing to their audience, whether whether that character sure. is nuanced or not." Out, like if if She Hulk had transformed into a chick that wore baggy jeans and T-shirts and she was still beating up people, I'd be like, "All right, you know what? You're wrong about that." But she's still drawn to entice young teenage boys, and and no matter how how how. Uh, uh, deep her character and got, the- or and theoretically, her physique is the same as her male counterpart when she becomes Hulk. I would disagree with that. Because she's, she's, that. she's a lot slimmer. Okay, she's you don't a lot more that, curvaceous. That, you don't think that, that no, Hulk has that, big old titties? <laughs> he's got big old green titties? Pectorals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pectorals. Right. But, but I, I don't know, maybe... He's, he's like kind of monstrous, and she's not portrayed as like monstrous. She's but supposed she's a to woman, be... the gentler <laughs> sex. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't. But but the male characters aren't fetishized like that. They're not mm-hmm. like they, they are sort of built up and muscular, but they're There's, not fetishized in the same I way. I would make an argument that that male superheroes are fetishized by yeah. the exact males that they're written for. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you could make. I, yeah, every you man, make that every argument. man that is a fan of comic books wants that. Physique. But they're not looking at them sexually. Is the thing. I don't know. Are they, you think Fro- so? Freud would make a, a, a statement that if you desire to look like that, you could desire the beauty sexually of, of that male counterpart. Okay. Yeah. Not to say that you all want to suck his dick, yeah. but I'm saying... But some of them do. Some of them do. Yeah. Okay. I, all right. If, if I can... I can I can concede that point if you, if you make it evenly. True. Yeah, okay. But see, the problem is that with you, you're like... 20th Century Fox. You want everything. Sure. You want your cake and eat it. Is Peter Lev going to write a book about me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> another callback. Another good episode. With yeah, Peter Lev. that was a good one. Um, you want to? You want to move on? Is there anything else that you guys want to talk yeah. about on this topic? Uh, no. Outside of uh, I think I think the Dark Phoenix thing was set up kind of well, and then they just shit the bed. You wanted you you wanted to have the last word on that. Um, <laughs> So recently, I uh, because of the guys from Action to Go Go and and uh, Troy, Andrew, and Nick who were on the last episode, I really we were talking about Star Wars and Star Wars Episode Seven is coming out, and they're kind of there's kind of this this uh, idea of trying to reorient the series. If that means reorient it to the original series, I think that just means Asians. I think yeah. that just means wrestling it from George Lucas and uh, trying to set it on the, a... the, There is a big part of that, uh, but also there's this kind of... Um, I, I wanted to jump back in. And for some reason, what came up in that conversation with Andrew and Troy and, and Nick 
is uh, Clone Wars, the uh, the uh, animated show that came out the anime, 2008. The one or the the animated TV show that was on Cartoon Network. Because apparently there were there were two. There was one yeah. that was 2D and one that was 3D. That's the one, one that Tarkovsky Tar- 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 did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That there's that one, and then there's the the five actually six seasons that yeah. are, are on Netflix right now. So the Clone Wars. 3D animated show. Okay. I, I, I'm guessing so far from what I've seen, it's basically taking place between uh, episode two and episode three of the prequels. Um, it's fantastic. I would say that I, I think, in my opinion, since I don't have a very high opinion of the, the prequels, there are some parts that I like about the prequels, mm-hmm. but I think this is probably the, the best Star Wars connected media that I've seen since the original. Are you talking about the 2D animated or the 3D? The the CG animated cartoon? The CG animated okay. one. The, yeah. the one that's six seasons. Yeah. I've heard that. I've, I've heard of it, but I haven't... I, I didn't watch it because I was so turned off by the prequels I wasn't really interested. I'll, I'll, in I'll tell you, the, the, the problem is, the thing that kind of uh, kind of rained on my parade was that I, I was... Nice. I was excited. I was excited to, to watch this um, show and as I'm watching it, it plays like little 30 minute episodic adventures like an adventure series like you like Lucas did with Indiana Jones like Lucas did with Star Wars you're getting that episode you get a narrator telling you what has happened so far and you're dropped right into this 22 minute uh, uh, story you know and uh, I really like that now the uh, tape on the glasses pocket protector well listen here uh, type Star Wars hardcore fanboys they're the ones that have constantly made it hard for me to dive into Star Wars. And it was no different this past week when I was watching Clone Wars. I've been tweeting about it and saying how awesome it is that all of a sudden uh, another friend of uh, the show, uh, Eric Sipple, said that he wanted to start watching it. And was there a particular order to watch it in? And, and Nick from last week's show said, hey, there is a website uh, that tells you what order to watch this in. And uh, it's it's part of the StarWars.com. I, I, I think the LucasArts put it together. And they're, So basically, the thing that I like about LucasArts is that they do a good thing of engaging with their fans. Their fans say, hey, you know, I want to get deep into this universe, and LucasArts is like, yeah, we'll give you that. We'll give you the universe. We'll tell you where to, how to watch things and, and in what order and whatever. And so basically, there's this list of how you should watch Clone Wars. I, all six seasons now that they're on Netflix, and in what order to have narrative cohesion. Really? So it jumps back and forth? It's not like season one to season six? You just watch no, it through? No, it isn't. But really? I'll tell you... I'll tell you, I'm of the belief. Now, the hardcore fanboys would say you have to watch it in narrative order. They're the same ones that would say you have to watch episode one, two, three, four, five, six. I disagree. Here's my point. So. Wait, wait, wait. There are people who say you have to watch episode one, two, three, four, five, six? Yeah. So there are hardcore fanboys that say that your narrative order is is the utmost importance. They don't go by chronological (laughs) order. They go by... Well, that is chronological. I mean, chronological 1979 to 19... That's what I mean. Here's here's my point. That's interesting. Here's my point. If you know where George Lucas is coming from, what he's homaging, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Right. The episodic nature, like, you know that Temple of Doom takes place, it's a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. I only recently learned that. Okay, well, I, I hate to burst your bubble uh, 30 years well, later. Well, you did it, because we already knew, but we found out like three weeks ago or whatever. Yeah. But, actually, yeah, I actually didn't know that until like recently. 
But but my point is that it, even though there are elements in it that are obviously a sequel, I mean, he makes a reference to having the gun, not having the gun to shoot the guy in in Temple of Doom. Like the guy comes up with the, with a sword and he goes to do that thing from Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. but the gun's not there. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. even even though there are sequel elements, it's a prequel. It is a prequel. So the idea about um, about George Lucas and and how he does these movies, especially Star Wars, is that they're episodic. There doesn't have to be narrative or chronological cohesion. There's chronological cohesion if you know what's happening in the show or in the movies, but you don't need to know this one picks up where this one left off, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to watch it in order. Uh, if you're homaging it, look at look at how he did uh, was it Flash Gordon? What he's homaging is these old 20s, 30s serials in comics and in movies that jumped all over the place. They would start off with saying Flash Gordon is here and this is what's happened so far and jump you right into the story. And that is how Clone Wars is set up. Clone Wars is six seasons of a show. I think something like uh, 130 episodes, something like that. That show can be watched in any order. It's episodic. It is. It so has each arcs. One, each one's self-contained. Uh, right? Sometimes there's like two or three episode arcs. Uh, are you are you disturbed by watching it from episode one to episode? I'm, I'm in the middle of season two, and not once have I been so, lost. So then why try to you know watch because it out of order? Because the fanboys, huh? Yeah. Why watch it? What? I think I think what Greg's saying is that somebody was like, I want to. It's like. Somebody who would recut Pulp Fiction and be like, no, I want to see No, no, no. I'll tell you what the problem is. It's, it, the perfect analogy is if you wanted to watch Memento in chronological order. Right. It uh-huh. takes all the piss and vinegar out of that, watching yeah, that Yeah, that makes no sense to me. Yeah. Like, going back and watching it that way. Yeah. So this guy got into a fight with me on Twitter with this friend of mine who also wants to start watching Clone Wars saying, uh, uh, no, you have to watch it like uh, Lucas uh, Arts said that uh, well, StarWars.com said. If Lucas Arts wanted... It to be that way, then they yeah, should have released, released it, it that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like Daniel Tynek. Next, star. Right. <laughs> no, but th- this is a perfect illustration of why it's hard to get deep and and geeky and nerdy about things like Star Wars for me is because that community yeah. I always feel like an outsider too. I cannot. I can love Clone Wars. I can love Star Wars, but as soon as I want to talk intelligently about it, you get fanboys like that. You have to watch it this way. You have to do it this way. I think what I've learned with all these different series, I, I include Star Trek in this, even Doctor Who, is yeah. that you know you you pick and choose what you like. You don't you don't feel obligated to watch the entire canon. Right. Like if you like Doctor, you don't have to start with like the first Doctor Who. I haven't seen most of the classic yeah. Who, uh, you know, and I feel completely comfortable with right. you know what I've seen so it's far. It's just it's just causing more of a chasm for me with internet fanboys. Like if this is the way it is, mm-hmm. I know I I'm not surprised that this is the way it is. That, that's not my point. My point mm-hmm. is that if it if this is how it is with everything, every universe that you want to dabble in, uh, every universe you want to be a geek about, it's just not worth it, in my opinion. I mean, I, I hope that they're not really going to be relying too heavily on the uh, on the prequel trilogy and the in the new trilogy, right? You know, because I, I I don't think I'm in the minority by saying that you know that was kind of the low point, that was the nadir mm-hmm. of the series, right? You know, yeah. I don't really think Star Wars is that good a movie anyway, so it's good all right. M- movie or series? The like, movie, you, you didn't even like, like the classic like four. four, five, and six. I don't think it's all right. I don't think I think I think everybody's. Everything what what we was, talked about last week uh, was what is, quote-unquote, my trilogy. What is your trilogy? 
The Matrix? The Matrix trilogy? Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, I was trying to be funny. But yeah, The Matrix. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Matrix, yeah. <laughs> like, all three movies? Look, I like I like all the ideas in 2 and 3. I like 2 and 3. Yeah. I think 3 might be my favorite. Although, like, 1 is the best made movie. Like, it's... But I think 3 has a lot of what is, what is ideas about storytelling and all that shit. Uh, that's tough. Because I really like the Die Hard trilogy. And, yeah, uh, you brought up. Yeah. No. I like, uh, what was I just saying? Oh, Back to the Future. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like three that much. You don't like three? Three is, three is yeah, all right. I really love three. The, my, my favorite part in, uh, in Back to the Future 3 is when uh, they look, they're looking at the, the picture of the tombstone, and, and I think uh, Marty says, Great Scott, and then uh, Doc says, That's heavy. And that's, right. <laughs> that's my favorite part of it, yeah. Um, and ZZ Top. There's one other uh, topic that I wanted to get to before we talk about recommendations. Do you think that we could do this one kind of quick? Hey, you no. know, it's, Fernando knows what I was talking about. It's your world squirrel. Um, so really, there's a there's a deep thing I've been noticing uh, coworkers talking about the um, the nudity in Game of Thrones. What, what's um, wrong with the nudity in Game? So uh, I know what you're gonna say. So ba- so basically, for for anyone who doesn't know, I'm sure that there's not many of them, but uh, Game of Thrones is very one sided when it comes to its nudity and sexuality. Uh, that could be a comment about how the women are used and, and just thrown away in the world. But, uh, you know, in this day and age, do you think that all of our cheesecake shots, you know, of nude of nude people have to be woman-only? I feel like there's a lot of man-ass in Game of Thrones. As Is well ass as, I don't the think same there's as tits? Well, no, but there's, there's, not... there's, there's full frontal nudity in Game of Thrones, male frontal eh, nudity. Not as a much couple. as female. Not as much, but I mean, but I, I think that's more the... than any show that, uh, maybe not like Oz, but like, yeah, you know, true. but like... HBO but that's the thing, yeah, post-Oz, well, that's a good point Oz had tons of male nudity but I think post Oz they've really been very conservative with male nudity I don't think I think for for the amount of uh, bush shots that we get on Game of Thrones mm. like I think you could have some penises in there and, and yeah. sort of normalize it yeah do you think that's just because the audience is going to be more comfortable with female nudity than male nudity I think it's audience but I also think you have a lot of male executives who are like I think I think that's, the, the default is just that's my female point. nudity that's, but my, like, that's my point it, it, it used to be uh, where HBO was located on the dial now it's what HBO's reputation is uh, yeah. if you're going to watch HBO they know that they need to it's deliver cursing, on, yeah. t- on cursing violence and nudity yeah, yeah. That's what you're tuning in well, for. Well, you, you read the books, Greg. Is there a lot of male nudity in the books? Oh, yeah, and it's more graphic. The yeah. sex is even more graphic. Hmm. Yeah, and, and but I think this is more of... I don't think it's specific to Game of Thrones. I think it's more specific to HBO, because that's the thing. Like, yeah. I remember uh, uh, Louis C.K. talking about Lucky Louie, where they said, hey, we need some nudity in this. And he sort of took the stance of like, oh, well, you're just saying you want to see Pamela Adlon the naked. Well, yeah, then yeah. if you want nudity, I'll show my dick. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and Lucky Louie. Yeah, yeah, he, he runs across the stage yeah, naked. naked. And, yeah. and, and that's the thing, that there's not enough of those people, I think, at HBO who are saying, oh, we've seen like 80 million titties on this right. show. Like, let's show some cock. Like, right. they could. And, and I think that... Well, there's a comfortability thing, but is there also a demand... For more penis? Here's my I, think, I think female viewers think, of Game of Thrones, yeah, yeah. yes. I think or that the, homosexual uh, viewers of Game of Thrones, Monique, yes. Monique will agree. Yeah. I think that there's an, equa- I think there's an, a, yes. an inequality here because yeah. I brought it up with uh, two co-workers, uh, one of which I, I, 
I would not say is is a macho dude, but yeah. he balked at the idea yeah. of of there being more dick. Like Greg, why do you want there to be more penis? I'm like, it's not that I want to see more penis, which I do, but well, yeah. it's that I want. Listen, I I want this world. If you're gonna portray this world in yeah. a certain no no frills, no censorship type of way, yeah. that you should put all of that out right. there. And I think uh, a shot that was indicative was in the last episode or in- maybe two episodes. Literally, because it was like it was the shot, and I thought they were gonna do it. It was a shot where Theon Reek takes off his robe, and I thought we were gonna see like that he had nothing. You thought we were gonna see a gash or something. Yeah. Which again, you're not showing dick. Yeah. yeah. But then again, that's even more of a a, a, even more of a problem for the male audience because now you're showing a guy with no dick. Yeah. yeah. So, but I thought again, like if you're HBO, if you're gonna be the network that you know, like showing titty at this point, like fuck you, you've been showing titty for 15 years. Like I've been showing titty since since uh, 1981. you know, city since I hadn't seen titties in real life, right? <laughs> like, like that is if, if you want to be that progressive network, yeah. that's the thing you do. And I think a lot of sort of female and homosexual viewers would say that, like, you're showing me, you know, every every episode I get three titties, mm-hmm. like. I'm not even saying like. And the weirdest thing too recently is that we have a character in Game of Thrones this season called Oberyn Martell. Yeah, yeah. And he is a pansexual. Yeah. Yeah. He he he, he, he makes yeah. it, he makes his mission mission statement. Why should I you know only eat from the, the fruit from this tree? I should yeah, be yeah. able to eat it from this tree. So he is p- completely open to that. Yet the 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 sexuality in the show is constantly more patriarchal than I would yeah. think. Yeah, my yeah. Problem. yeah, but don't you think that Game of Thrones has more male nudity on it than any other show at, that's, that's right like now, this popular, uh, this mainstream at the moment? Yeah, but I yeah. think I, I don't think it's a no. What I mean, of a major show, Mooney? What other major show? True Blood's kind of True Blood shows dick. Yeah, it has. Yeah, as much as Game of Thrones has shown dick. Shows a little bit more, but the thing is, as an artist. I appreciate seeing the male form and female form, but I still think it's unequal. I think it's completely unequal. It's definitely unequal, but you can go overseas and see both. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's unfair because we have this kind of thing where the male body is still like this kind of sacred thing. Yet they'll. It's not a sacred. It's not a sacred thing. No, I I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know what you. Hold on, I don't know what you mean by sacred. I think that That you, you can't show it. Uh, taboo <laughs> is a word. I think sacred is is the female form. Blue. Taboo is. Why TV blue? When what's his name? Dennis, Dennis Franz showed his ass. And everyone yeah. flipped out, but they have been showing female. There, I think that I think that you mean taboo. You don't mean sacred. No, sacred. I think she means sacred in the sense that like. Like men, I think it's a patriarchal thing where men see it sacred. Like, oh no, you can't see this is this is mine. You can't see my 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 penis. I think but they'll show no, women. That it's more with no. I think that it's a, a man does not want to see male nudity because he doesn't want to see like yeah. he he'd rather relish in his heterosexuality than right. be even to do anything that's even a, a little bit homophobic. Yeah. We're talking about mainstream think, viewers. Yeah, but I think it's it's. It's I, I don't I think both those things can be true. I think it's that and I think it's also sort of this this thing of like I don't, I, I don't think that say. I don't think that males, if it's sacred slash taboo, I don't mm-hmm. think that males are holding their nudity on a on a platter. You don't think platter. men hold their dick on a platter? I think that I think that the platform is is female nudity. They're saying I want to see that. I want to use the male gaze. Females, no, but females, the, females 
are held to sacred status too, but they're also over sexualized. Yeah, but multiple. No, what I'm saying about so it can be sacred as in what I'm saying about no, what I'm saying about patriarchy is male gaze. Female gaze in Game of Thrones is there, but they don't do anything to adhere to female but the thing gaze. Is the male gaze can be either a sacred thing or Daenerys, an overly sexual thing. No, Daenerys, Daenerys Stormborn looking at what's his name, Doharis, uh, Doharis, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and looking at him up and down and going to have sex with him, we should have seen a a, a flip dick. shot of yeah. him completely no, nude. Yes. Right. They held his sacred. But that's what. Yeah, they held his sacred. They held that like that's not something we're going to show on a regular basis. I don't know if that's <laughs> sacred. I think, I think that that's homophobia, not sacred. I think it's both. I think it's homophobia, and I yeah. think it's producers and executives saying. The, the penis is not something we're going to show because we hold it on this platform. I don't, that it, that I don't agree. I don't okay. think that it's... I think when you say you're holding something on a platform, it's not that you are... You are showing it to the world with platform. You're not trying no. to hide it away in this closet over here like yeah. they are with dicks. I disagree. Oh, you were going to say I something. Gonna, I, I, I think I'm more on Greg's side. I feel like the, the idea is that you know, oh, I don't want to see that. That's yeah. that's like what they're portraying. It's yeah. not. But it's I think, not. Oh, we shouldn't see that. It's it's that nobody wants to see that. And they're yeah. thinking, who's going to be watching this movie? People's brains filled out every single week. But the thing is, I have to. But that's just the show. That's just the show. show. You yeah. signed up for that. Yeah, you signed. You up signed for up for the for the violence and supernatural. Yeah, you signed up for it. But the thing is that um, George R. R. Martin said it himself. He's gotten complaints about the littlest detail on sex. But no one will complain about how graphic the violence is. That is, that is, no, wait a minute, that is, that is, uh, going down a a road of MPAA, the problems Mm. that we have in this country of violence is okay, but any sort of sex, 69, like, even real, beautiful human sex is... Yeah, it's completely yeah. violence is not taboo. taboo yeah, I violent, think my dad okay. showed me rated R movies when I was a kid. Yeah. He would only cover my eyes if tits were on the screen. Yeah. If Rambo was ripping a dude's arm off, he'd say, "Watch that shit." Yeah, he'd laugh. Okay. I think like, it okay. comes back to even even the scene in Game of Thrones where where. Um, Ross is saying, what part could you live out with? You ask most men, they can't live without their dick. So it's something that they hold sacred. Okay. Like, I, I think I that's the idea. That and I think, in like, my- you, like you said with the Dorm Stormborn idea, it's like, if you have a character like Tyrion going to a whorehouse, you're going to see the thing that he's seeing. Yes. But if you have a character like Daenerys, Daenerys you're who, not, you're not going to see it yeah. because... And that's not a show thing. I think that's a producer, executive level thing where they're just like, we're not going to show the dick. Leading on that, women actually have pretty much dealt with the fact that our bodies are on the screen all the time. We've dealt with the fact that we can lose right. our breasts. We, we've dealt with the fact that our sexuality is always on display. But why don't you want to see more male sexuality? Oh, You're saying that she would. do, yeah. I do. Yeah. But I see, it should be equal. No, I, I, that's my whole point. I'm my whole point equal. is that it should be like, equal. I'm not going to... I'm going to go with the realistic point of view and not even say equal. Like, just... Inch, like just move the the just move the uh, the marker forward yes. where it's like for, no, for like mean, every like, eight titties yeah, yeah. see a dick like exactly. I'm not saying eight, eight pairs titties, of titties by yeah. the way well, not eight titties not four yeah. pairs. That's what I was saying earlier. Is like I feel like Game of Thrones does that. It does. It's not equal by any stretch. No, of imagination. I don't think we've seen. But they the, show. They show. I don't think male nudity. But they haven't shown a dick since season okay, one. Okay, th- th- Theon and Hodor. And Hodor. Those uh, are the only two I can see, think of. You see Noharis's uh, uh, dick when he's pissing. You see his dick and his, uh, his balls. It. Yes, you do. You see an under undershot when they're outside this season. 
when they were outside of uh, where is it? Man? You see his dick. Uh, you see his when dick when he's pissing. When um, the new, the new, uh, new Daria. Yeah, yeah. The new Daria. When they're okay. jousting. Yeah, but yeah. that's yeah. three dicks in four seasons. That's like, three dicks yeah. in four seasons. I would like Which is a ratio of at least five dicks had, a season. Yeah. You know, in yeah. seven years. <laughs> uh, female listeners, I would like you to write in and see and let me know if you agree. Five dicks a season is that what we should be going like, for? Is there more a quota? dicks. Yeah. yeah, the quota should be five. I mean, that's a thing. Yeah, and I'm not saying it just. Like, I think we're being flippant about it, but it is a, a, a it's real a thing big, where, you it's know, It's a very like, serious issue, I think. Where I, I can think of eight million movies where I've seen titties, but yeah. I can only think of, like, a yeah, handful yeah. where the, the male form has been shown like Monique, that. Five, five dicks a season? You want seven, seven, seven dicks, dicks a season. season? Okay. As long as it's an odd number, you yeah, can't yeah. have even number yeah, yeah. dicks here. No even number dicks. Yeah. I mean, it is ten episodes, so they're going to have to make up for the yeah. odd number. But seven yeah. seven dicks a season? I'll take seven plus heterosexuality for the man. Like, I, I especially gay. Like they have. Oh, gay you want more, more gay sex? More, yeah. more male-on-male sex scenes. Well, no, because the like, thing is, that's a different type of sexuality, too. Yeah. But, I mean, I think they should show it, the fact that the males are on display for some of the women the way that the women are on display but I think I think that's a story though like I don't think yeah outside of Daenerys I don't see that being viable maybe yeah. Cersei but Cersei's yeah. been pretty I mean certainly likes her brother right. and her cousin right and her family yeah. but I think yeah. I think that's she more of a yeah. really. her name is Lannister yeah. Yeah. yeah basically okay, I think so, like if girls did that that'd be more right, acceptable yeah. just from a story standpoint yeah yeah so getting into right before we get into recommendations which is going to be our, our, our new and standard segment on the show I wanted to just throw out a shout out to Gobbledy Geeks who have also since this is a second anniversary show I wanted to talk about people who have really helped the show um, not only build profile but this community the community of podcasters and I think AJ and Paul I really appreciate you I appreciate Eric I appreciate uh, Ken and, and Joe and all you guys in this group of Twitter that just really do a good job of uh, of of really supporting the show, getting the word out there. If it just meant like retweeting, if it meant like you know just making sure that people knew about the show, and I really appreciate it. So thank you so much, guys. So let's get right into recommendations. So I told you that you guys should have something. Yeah, you we got some have, homework, right? Got some homework that yeah. uh, you guys should work on. Yeah. Uh, on Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've been thinking about for the last week. Yeah. Um, let's, you know, I'm going to go last. So, Fernando, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Mine is a musical rec- recommendation. Uh, I heard um, this album this week, uh, a couple days ago. It came out in February. It's an artist named Isaiah Rashad. He's uh, a rapper out of Tennessee, I believe, but he is signed to uh, label TDE out of L.A., uh, basically, TDE right now is just really on fire. If you're, uh, they put out uh, Kendrick Lamar's albums, they put out uh, Absol and uh, Schoolboy Q's albums. Uh, basically, their in-house production, their in-house mixing is just superb. They're like one of the best right now at sequencing and and mixing and production. So the S.A. Rashad album is it's very much a throwback to sort of. Uh, tribe or like late 90s uh, boom bap uh, sort of the, the the neo boom bap of like most def and um, they uh, most def and Talib Kweli from a production standpoint uh, but the sort of the the lyrics are, are still some like money weed bitches thing but he's still very uh, very good lyrically and uh, the album is called Sevilla Silva it's C-I-L-V-I-A is that Silva or Cleva so, yeah. Sil- I always say Silva Silva Demo um, this is his first thing he's new yeah it's his first thing I don't know 
the trajectory now is put on a mixtape, but I don't think they ever really called it a mixtape. Mm-hmm. I think from everything I've read, it's his first official project for TDE. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just check out him and just really check out any of the TDE stuff if you're really into like production, music production, because like the sound is really crisp, it's really clear. It's like the mixing on it is is it's like for for guys who are this young, like they're all like 22, mm-hmm. 20. They're they're all under like 23, and uh, 23, 24, and then for, for them to have such a clear vision and and especially on the production aspect of it, uh, and their in house production and, and their mixing is is really incredible. You think it's gonna um, stand the test of time better than uh, the last big uh, trend you were on was Odd Future? You think that uh, um, you, you, you think that it'll reach out to I a think, bigger fan base than Odd Future? I think Odd Future is just a very niche, very particular right. type of uh, like looking back on it now, and, and, right. and I'm still sort of a fan, but they're very sort of, uh, I think their, their comparison would be almost like Mob Deep, where they, well, they'll have a solid career, but it's just not on a, as this, big this as the mainstream level. This is what you're saying. Mob. I know, Odd Future, oh, Odd, Odd Future. Future. I think, uh, yeah, no, I think TDE already with Kendrick, I mean, uh, I don't know you guys aren't big in a rap, but like Kendrick Lamar's album's already considered like almost an Illmatic yeah, yeah. type. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I liked it a lot. M- both on a mainstream and critical level. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it went platinum. I think it, w- it was number one in the country. So that their movement is already ahead of where our future was and sort of on on a level of like these these guys are at least gonna have the next four or five years at least have mainstream attention for that like mainstream broad kendrick was on the spider-man 2 amazing spider-man 2 soundtrack um so yeah and i, and I think this is their new guy they ever shot and, and it's a, it's again I, just from a production standpoint i think it's even in, even if you're not into all the like money weed bitches rap but like if you were into Tribe and all that stuff, mm-hmm. like the production of it is very, very, in, in that line, in the sort of Souls of Mischief, uh, Tribe, De La, most definitely quality. Good, good deal. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm listening to uh, the new Black Keys album, which came out uh, last month. I really love it. Um, it's a lot more mellow, I would say, than, uh, than the more recent outputs, and certainly mm-hmm. much more mellow than their earlier stuff. It's more like... Uh, Attack and Release, which came out a few years ago. It's yep. like really somber, really kind of driving and thinking music. Okay, so uh, do they do they get away from uh, from kind of the the jangling nuts? Yeah, uh, type yeah. I would say it's it's, say. it's less what, garage rock. That's what. Let's talk about some dick. <laughs> yeah, it's at least seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd say it's less garage rock and more bluesy, more yeah. like lots of organ, and again, not the type of organ <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about here, but uh, yeah, just good contemplative, like relaxing music. Right. Which, you know, from the Black Keys is kind of different, um, and but not unwelcome, I would gotcha. say. Gotcha. You know. Good, man. So is that uh, one of your... How would you relate it to uh, their albums? Is it high? I'd say I still love classic Black Keys. I love Rubber Factory, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Magic Potion. Uh, I'd say it's it's pretty darn good. If you're a fan, definitely check it out. If yeah. you if you can deal with some sort of mellow, bluesy rock, did you, did check you, it out. Uh, give me an idea. Did you like... Brothers and did you like El Camino? I did. I like both of those albums. In fact, I would say that those albums are a lot more upbeat and jangly than uh, than this, this one. one. Yeah, this one. Yeah. I mean, they're just ripping off Jack White. So <laughs> okay, yeah. shut the hell up. That's what you can do. Also, Saint Vincent. Yeah, yeah. Saint Vincent's very good. Saint Vincent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad Take to see that. that you're you're um, getting into a little indie rock too. Yes. Now you've always. I think, always I think the, the look that he has. Is... <laughs> Are you yeah, we've been first. giving damn yeah. shit all day. Which came Listen, first, the beanie hat or the indie rock? This is my Dan's wearing sandals, shorts, a t-shirt, and a beanie hat, yeah. and he looks like he's and, gonna go play hat and flip flops, which and I didn't start wearing until 2011, <laughs> roughly. Which again, I think this is a PG thing. That, that's a, that's a, I mean, not a PG. Well, 
No, this I'm in my anti PG mode now. But no, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. we didn't wear sandals because we grew up in like uh, a sneaker culture. Yeah, you can just say predominantly like, black. It's fine. Yeah, but I wanted you know, to. Specify. Are you saying black people don't wear sandals? I kind of am. <laughs> I mean, you are. Well, but, yeah, but this is know. again only in like two hundred. Yeah, I'd say I'd say Towson ruined us. Before yeah. you got here, uh, Fernando uh, accused me of having only white males on the podcast, and I was like, interesting. <laughs> My first three episodes were him, Angela, a woman, and yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you darn racist misogynist. Also, uh, recommendation: watch the World Cup, people. June twelfth right. to June something to yeah. July something. There's watch lots it. of Brazilian people that really need your support. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not saying root for you at USA. Because because watching that helps all those poor people in the favelas. Are you are you going are what? you going <laughs> no are you going political? Listen, are played, you being that guy? I played Max Payne three. I understand. <laughs> I understand the plight of these people. I, I watched I watched Fast and the Furious. Look, look, five come from a guy who just we just spent an hour talking about corporate shill X Men products. <laughs> I don't think you can take the high road on on the World Cup, uh, uh, the politics of world football. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, my uh, recommendation is actually right over there. It's Andre Zugal uh, Zoo. Let me get this right. Andre Zuwalski's. Zulowski's, I think. Possession just came out on MondoVision. Uh, this is a movie that has a very sordid history with being cut and kind of banned. It's a, it's a movie that uh, a lot of people just write off as being a horror movie. It's got tentacle monster in there that's having some sex. Uh, so, so automatically people think that it's, you know, just a real, really bad, uh, horror movie, a monster horror movie. And, and the way that it was cut for the U S it, it was that they cut it to, to be made that way. What, what year is this? Movie? This is 1981. Okay. Is this, a, is this a Japanese like anime? No, no, it's a it's a Polish movie made uh, by by a Polish man uh, in East Berlin. Uh, no, in West Berlin at the Wall in 1981. Hmm. So they're shooting it, and they actually have scenes where they're shooting over to the Wall where the soldiers are are watching them mm-hmm. and everything. So it's a good historical perspective. Like most po- Polish movies or or movies made by Polish filmmakers, there's some political stuff in there. But really, it's a psychodrama. It's a drama about a falling apart marriage uh, between Isabella uh, Isabella or Isabella Isabella Ajani and mm-hmm. Sam Neill of okay. uh, Jurassic Park fame and, and many other big yeah. films uh, Sam this is one of those early movies that Sam Neill did he also did I think The Omen 4 around here this is really early in his career uh, it's a very good movie it's it's extremely um, it is it's a psychological type movie there's a lot of things in there about jealousy and I, I, watching it there's so much truth in this movie about um, about breakups. It's it really is. It really has so much to say about falling out of love with someone and breaking up with someone. The things that you obsess about, and the and the 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 title possession. A lot of people went immediately, especially the American censors and the people who recut it. They went to the exorcist idea of possession, but really the movie is about possessing your partner. Mm. The uh, Sam Neill trying to possess 
her and and keep her as his his property. So there's that's the main movie. I think that now that MondoVision has put it out in a limited edition, of which I got one copy, and I think it's a limited edition of 2000. It's also come out on, on special uh, edition that they just put out on Blu-ray. It's a beautiful transfer. A lot of good um, extras on it, and it's uh, it it has been banned and and, and cut and never out in uh, the Western world uh, for thirty over thirty years. So now it's finally out, and it's a great film. You should definitely check it out. Would my mom like it? Absolutely not. Do right. not share this with your okay. mother. Monique saw it while I was watching it, and she was like, what the fuck is this? All right, you heard this mom, stay away. <laughs> um, I would say that if you want a, a draw of anything, if anything will draw you to it, it really is Isabella uh, Ajani. She is fantastic in it. One of the best performances. So un- uh, unhindered, um, mm-hmm. unchecked. She just completely, she's, she's fury. And uh, she's fantastic in the movie. So yeah, definitely, if you can track it down, check it out. It's very, very good. If you can possess it. Ah, exactly. If you can get it in your... Possession. Possession. <laughs> this guy. Okay, guys. Well, uh, thank you so much for spending a couple hours with me and celebrating the second anniversary. Congratulations, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. for the cookies. Yeah. yeah, she, yeah. They, she'll be making you some cookies right now. That's yeah. part of the celebration yeah. we'll be having. Here's to two more seasons. <laughs> oh, exactly cookies. two more. Yeah. <laughs> Only two more. But uh, thanks a lot, guys. Is there anything else you want to say? Jump out. You want to plug anything? Um, yeah, uh, zombiesarefriends.com. The web series is complete in its uh, in its first season. All We're eight done. Episodes? All eight episodes are the, up. The the zombie guide. The zombie. The web series. A black man's guide to surviving the zombie apocalypse. Yes. All eight episodes are up. Go watch them. And uh, we are currently working on season two. Season two with uh, Evan Thomas Mack. Evan Thomas Mack, who uh, officiated my business partner's wedding, Joe Davidson, who was a guest on the I, uh, I didn't even know that the he officiates. That's he, awesome. Yes, he did. Well, this was the first and possibly the last time. Uh, <laughs> Joe was married. So congratulations to Joe and Kate. It's possibly the last. Good. Uh, Can I know anything? Yeah, sure. I guess the only thing I would say is... Uh, when I was in college, all three of us worked on this show, Film School. It's finally up on the internet. It's much yes. like Possession. Yeah, not, you can not possess it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not since 2008. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's online. It's on YouTube. Uh, you can post a link, yeah. right? Art yeah. How, yeah, like Film School, Art How, like it's weird. Uh-huh. Don't worry about the Art How thing, but you have to put it in. It's right. five episodes. I'm in it. Third bill. Mm-hmm. Play, I'm the yeah. Donald Faison. It's a group. it's a really good. Uh, yeah, I think it holds up. Like, I, I think it's a good callback to yeah. nostalgia too. And yeah. the best part about this all is that when Mike Baroga was on this show, yeah. he was on a show that I entitled Local Edition yeah. because there's no way that anybody outside of yeah. local Towson crew was gonna know. You can yeah. finally see the film yeah, school exactly. episodes and know what Mike and yeah. I were talking yeah. about. At so some go back point, and I think he's gonna make a DVD and we did commentaries for we it. We did some commentaries. Was it was very nice. And yeah. Isabella Johnny is in it. Well, well her scenes got cut. <laughs> but for one of the best performances, so unhindered. Just st- oddly enough, yeah. Chris Tatus still fucked by a tentacle dude. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't cut out. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, but the, uh, the, your host directed an episode, and yeah. the other guest directed an episode. DM Ty directed, directed an episode. DM Ty. DM Ty. PT Anderson's yeah. cousin. You guys give me some shit for that. It's a great yeah. director name. Yeah. Okay. It's a pretentious director yeah, it's, name. That's so it's a perfect, perfect director, director name. name. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>
Exactly. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you for listening, and thank you for uh, this is almost coming up on uh, on 100 episodes, but good two years of podcasting, and I'd so love we'll be back with 100 episode in like two weeks. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple, uh, this is uh, 77, so probably we'll hit 100 before the end of the year. But yeah, no, it's it's been a it's been a pleasure. It, it, I've you know gone through the roller coaster of of really having to push myself to get it out and to to also be really in, entertained and enjoying it so i've gone through the whole thing and i still feel that i'm i'm proud of the the product that we're putting out so, it's, so i feel like it's getting better constantly so on the timeline of the show is han still alive or in this one yeah uh, 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 debatable <laughs> <laughs> done <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys good